Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Chainsaws and Claws, a killer monster podcast. I'm Rob the Cinema Drunkie. I'm Patrick Vicious. And today we got ourselves another awesome double feature of slasher and monster goodness for you. And if you're hearing my voice first, that means I got first pick. And I'm going to pick 1998's Bride of Chucky. Very I mean, seminal. it was your pick, but also I, I, I very much wanted this as well. So, like, it's, it's, it is right. yours, but we both love it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, like, let, let it be clear. It's not like, like, oh, I'll pick this one and I'll pick that one. It's just like, we very much are into both movies. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, you know, one has to go first and the other one has to go second. So it's like, uh, I, I was instrumental in a, this double, which we will get into. Uh, when we talk to the second uh, feature. But, like, yes, we are starting with Bride of Chucky, which was a very seminal film. Um, and my, my uh, I guess, life and heart fandom, as well as uh, Patrick's. Um, I want to start off by talking a little bit about uh, the first time I saw this. Because uh, this was the uh, the event of the school at the time, you know. Everybody was like, oh, gonna go see Bride of Chucky, gonna go see Bride of Chucky all throughout the school. Because I've, I've mentioned before that I, I lived in a neighborhood that was very much uh, horror centric. Like all the horror movies were the rage and shit every time they came out. And um, like the first thing I did was uh, I get up to the theater, you know what I'm saying, on, on a Friday night, and uh, I see the line. I, it, the line is atrocious. And I'm just like, oh, Jesus Christ. So I know that. It's it's going to be ridiculous in there once I get in there. So what I did was I I, I waited online, but I bought tickets for the next show. You know and I'm saying so I could get the a heads up, you know, on, on everybody. And then I went and uh, and I I chilled and shit. I'm like like this had this is going to die down. That was my thought process. This is going to die down. You know what I'm saying like the later show will probably be a little bit more, you know, emptier. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker. Like every like that line like stayed down the block and around the corner and down that block for the rest of the night. For the rest of the night, like there was never a point where I saw that line. Like you know, for the time I went up there to the time I came back, because you know I went and got shit to eat. You know what I'm saying? And then I came back, and nope, it was completely uh, around the block. Like there were even scalpers there. How are you scalping tickets to to, to Bride of Chucky? To people in line waiting. I got Bride of Chucky. T- I got the Bride of Chucky tickets, and I'm like, I'm good, thanks, Mr. Scalper man. Um, it's 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 all good. I'm I'm cool here. And then, uh, I go in there for my showing, which was uh, I think 7:30 showing, if I if I remember correctly. And uh, it's packed in there, and it's a it's a fucking madhouse. I mean, people were respectful, but I'm talking about when the movie was playing, it was just madness. Like, there, like for for a perfect example, the scene where uh, spoilers, Chucky and Tiffany fuck was like people were jumping out of their seats cheering. Like it was it was the the most like amazing thing I had ever seen in the history of my life at a, in a, a movie screening in a in a show. 
was people jumping up and cheering to watch two dolls fuck. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, and it was it was crazy. Like, uh, I, I eventually saw it again that weekend, and still, line was around the block. Everybody was seeing Bride of Chucky that weekend. So I was like, oh, man, this is going to make so much money. And then, uh, you know, uh, box office estimates uh, are released on Sunday. And I saw that Bride of Chucky came in in second place to, uh, what's that Sandra Bullock witch movie? Oh, Perfect Magic. Yeah, that shit. And I was like, what? How how could this be? Like, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I was too young to realize that you know, my neighborhood is not America. You know what I'm saying? People are invested in other shit. Um, it, it was funny to me, too, because Monday we was at school. And like, you know, because I saw majority everybody from my school in that theater and on that line going to see it. And like we was all talking about the movie in class and shit when we should have been learning. Like, fuck you, teacher. We're talking about Brian and Chucky. Um, but the funny thing was is that. I, I related the information to them like, yo, but like it, it, it lost the first place to uh, Sandra Bullock, which movie like I, I was young and not realizing the power of Sandra Bullock. Um, and like the funniest thing was like everybody was like, what? Like, how could that be? And and like one like his, his name was uh, Jason and he was like the hoodest dude in the class. Like that kid was into some shit. He was like, oh, no, I get it. It's Sandra Bullock. So it's like, and like that always made me laugh is like the like the, 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 the one kid in my class who's basically considered the gangster like of, of the class understands the power of Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and why it's like he gets why like Ch- Bride of Chucky would lose at the box office to a Sandra Bullock movie. And I'm like, OK, all right. All right. You make sense. <laughs> but um. I remember, like, recently I rewatched this, and because um, I bought the, I finally got the, the the box set which has all seven movies in there, and um, like the first thing I did was rewatch Bride of Chucky because I had it's been a while since I've seen it, and like all those memories came floating back. Like that's why my review was five stars, and like you know how like when when you have an experience where it's just like you remember something and it's just like all those good memories come flooding back to you all at once and you like you know you feel good about yourself that's every second of bride of chucky like just remembering like just like how just beautiful and awesome like this 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 fucking wild ass movie is because it is wild which we'll get into it shit but like uh it was just just the good times as, as, as mac was here good times just good times you know what i'm saying but yes patrick uh Tell us uh, your experiences with uh, Bride of Chucky. Well, the thing that's funny is, like, see, you actually, as we've discussed on many occasions in both here and in life, like, you were fortunate in that you, like, in your neighborhood, it was, like, right there. Like, I, as I mentioned, came from a shitty town, and I don't even think that Bride of Chucky was playing on, like, the screen that was, like, 20 minutes away, like, the, like, theater uh, of my town, even though it's like, 20 minutes away, so it really doesn't count. Um, I'm guessing it was probably playing in Plattsburgh, which was like an hour away, but like there was no fucking chance in hell of me getting to that. So, um, I didn't see it until it came out on video and I had it like the day it came out on video and I was really excited because like I, the first child's play, which we'll talk about eventually, but like, it's like really important to me. Cause like, it was like, when I saw it, when I was a kid, it scared the shit out of me. 
and kind of led to me having a fascinating information with Chucky to the extent where like I knew nothing about Child's Play 2, but I had like a cutout of from the newspaper of a Child's Play 2 poster on my wall because I thought Chucky was so awesome. And I saw Child's Play 3, which at the time I thought was awesome. And then I've gone on a journey with that film. We'll get into that later. Um, but um, but so like when Bride was coming out, it was also like the first time that like they were like leaning into the kind of insanity of the movies and going in a more like kind of horror comedy direction, which I was really excited about. And like literally like the first like seconds of the movie, I was sold because um, A, you immediately have the whole scene when um, he's taking the Chucky's body from like, the lockup and in the police evidence, you get to see like Freddy's glove and like Michael's mouth or whatever. And it was like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Like it's like rewarding as a horror fan. And then like, um, like within like two minutes of that, you have the, like the basically the official start of the movie when um, Deborah Tilly takes said Chucky corpse and slits the cop's throat and they start playing living dead girl. And I was like, this is the coolest fucking movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I was just like, at that moment, like, nothing, nothing into my 15-year-old brain was cooler than, like, than Bride of Chucky at that moment. It was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I watched it, and I watched it again and again and again. I, I mean, I've definitely seen that more than even the original Child's Play, probably. Definitely more than any other sequels. Um, because I, I just, I love it so much. But it is funny, like, uh, you talk about the whole, like, thing with, like, um, you giving it five stars, like, because of, like, kind of it stoking memories and living up to those memories. See, the way that I always kind of work on Letterboxd, basically, I just give a movie um, rating based on, like, my perceived merits, if you will. Um, and to me, even without the clouding of, like, nostalgia or anything, I still say, to me, Prime Chucky is a four and a half star fucking movie. Like, I was like, it ain't perfect, but it is fucking close. Like... This, the general vibe of that movie legitimately brings me joy. Like, I don't feel, I still to this day, don't feel like Ronnie Yu gets enough credit for what he did in the late 90s, early 2000s horror. Because he brought this brilliant visual style and this really cool sense of fun to slashers that was, like, exactly what I wanted at that time. And, like, with Brian Chucky kind of being his first, like, out-the-gate effort it is a fucking home run as far as i'm concerned like i genuinely really really love the movie like i think it's fucking great like i was just like just from top to bottom it is i mean it feels stupid to say because it's probably you, but it's a fucking masterpiece as far as i'm concerned like it's, it, it just fucking is i'm glad you just said that i'm glad you just said that because i wanted to talk about something because uh we talked about uh jason lips and um up until Jason lives, like we talked about, like how um, there were a lot, like the the movies were straightforward, you know. And Tom McLaughlin came in, and you know he he basically switched it up. He made it playful. It, it's really stylish, you know. And I feel like Ronnie Yu does the same thing here, um, because Child Play one through three are like very straightforward slasher movies. I mean, they they do have their like you know their stylistic choices like particularly two um two is has nice uh slick style to it but this one is just ronnie you was just like he did not have to go this hard with like you know and like you know, appreciate that because like you know it's it felt like he you know he was taking this seriously you know something that's so 
overtly silly, you know, as this movie is, because it's a silly fucking movie. Like, Don Mancini just went nuts in the script, making it as silly as it was. And Ronnie Yu, God bless him, was just like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're just going to go for it. And he does. And I, I really appreciate that. But when you said masterpiece, it's like, because with the other horror franchises, like particularly Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like they start out the gate with master masterpiece stuff. Like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original Halloween and the original Nightmare on Elm Street are masterpieces. And then there's this kind of like, it's like what we were saying about, um, like the, the Illmatic argument. It was like, you, you start out the gate with something so great that like the, like the follow-ups kind of suffer in comparison. Um, so with child, the child's play franchise, the Chucky franchise, it's like, do you, do you consider this the first actual masterpiece of the series or would you give it to child's play that it's an, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, I would honestly, I would say this is the, like, truest masterpiece, but I do think that the first one is incredible. But, like, like, this one to me is, like, the highest high watermark. Like, like, for instance, like, with the the aforementioned movies, like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, of course, they're horror masterpieces. But... Like those three, I would consider just like genuine masterpieces in themselves. Like just not just a masterpiece of horror, masterpiece of cinema. Whereas, like I feel like with Chucky and even Friday the Thirteenth, like they didn't have that. Um, and that's why I wanted to do the comparison between this one and Jason Lives because I feel like these two are the ones where it's like it took time before they got their eventual masterpieces. Yeah, like they hit their stride. Yeah. And like that—that's why I felt like you know these were like those these two like this one and Jason Lives are comparable in that regard. Where it's like they're they're like where like Jason Lives was a legitimately great movie. Where it's like where where what we were saying on that episode where um where Friday the Thirteenth is probably the best Jason movie, but like Jason Lives is like the best movie in general. As, as far as the series goes, like it's a great movie overall, just not a great Jason movie. It's a great movie overall. And Bride of Chucky, I think is also is like that. Where it's like, you have to, I mean, I, I do love the original child's play. Though. I know. I, I love it too. I'm not, not, I am in no way impugning the original child's play, even comparatively. I, I think the original child's play is in itself a truly great film. I love it very, very much. I think it's great. I just prefer if you if you like put both in front of me and we're like, which one do you want to watch? Nine nine times out of a hundred, probably. <laughs> Maybe a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm going to fucking pick Bride of Chucky. And there's nothing against Child's Play. Child's Play is fucking great. It's like if you put Child's Play against most other things, the answer would not necessarily would probably be Child's Play. But like against Bride of Chucky, fucking Bride of Chucky wins pretty much every time. Right, like I, I think where my love stands for is that it's more than just uh, uh, a standard slasher, which the the other, which the first three uh, child's plays are, like they're standard slashers. 
this one goes beyond that where it's just a, an amazing horror comedy like evil dead 2 level or like uh what's another thing like when we were talking about tremors or american werewolf in london i think bride of chucky stands like with them as rubbing shoulders with them in that regard where it's just like an amazing like masterful horror comedy and itself you know what i'm saying and it's just it's so great um you know, I was, uh, I was rewatching it, and it re- another thing it reminded me of was I uh, I kind of became, like, uh, a somewhat infatuated with uh, the character of Jesse, played by uh, Nick Stabile. Stabile? Stabile? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, let me tell you, I thought Homie was going to be the huge star after this. Like, I, I remember tweeting about him, like, he, Mark Wahlberg fucking stole his career like that man should have had the career that mark Wahlberg had you know you know without the i mean pe- piece of shitness you know what I'm saying? <laughs> i don't know if stabile is a horrible racist so like <laughs> yes in that respect he probably does yeah like i i like like yeah this dude's gonna be huge he's gonna be like in all the movies gonna be a big star and then like i remember he did a fucking uh he played one of the beach boys in a beach boys biopic that I was did not even know that <laughs> uh, and i watched that shit just because he was in it like that that that's how like you know i was into this dude like i was like yeah like uh, nick stable like you know he's going to be huge and shit and like he's doing this movie and then it's just like i you know it, it never happened and i was bummed about it you know <laughs> and it's like i mean th- there was one person who did become a huge star for me and that, of course that's Catherine heigl well, huge is that's 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 a reach. Like I mean, she like, became a star. Like I mean, I, I would like yeah, like she she wasn't like fucking Julia Roberts level fucking huge, but she was she was well on her way until like you know she got accused of the diva tendencies and then just everything just crapped out for her. But um, I like yeah, I Catherine Heigl. Oh my god, like like how important she was to my fucking. To, to, to teenage Rob. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to put this in a way that will not get us in trouble. So yeah, like I, I was in love with Catherine Heigl. I was uh, too. I was I, too. I, she she wasn't aware of it, but like we had a very passionate love affair. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And then and then you had, of course, the late great John Ritter in here. Mm-hmm. Um. Which which is which is uh which is wonderful because uh, then uh, Ronnie you of course did Freddy versus Jason where he had Jason Ritter in there, which which was did not which, think about that until just now. <laughs> yeah, like which 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 was which was which was great. Um, and and John Ritter of course, I mean John Ritter is great in everything he did. Um, the the, the John Ritter is still one of those like heartbreaking losses. Um. Like I, I remember vividly when uh I heard he had passed like because he passed the same day as Johnny Cash, and uh I remember you realize they're the same day. Yeah, yeah. Like my my father told me that uh, he was like, oh, like did you hear Johnny Cash died? I'm like, oh, he did. Oh wow, that's uh, oh that's that's sad. And he said, and John Ritter, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, John Ritter passed, and it was just like, like the walls came crashing down. Like, oh my god, you know what I'm saying? Because. Uh, John Ritter was incredibly important in my childhood. Like I remember staying in my grandmother's house, you know, with my sister and my cousins, watching reruns of Three's Company, 
And uh, like I, I fucking love John Ritter, so like when I heard that, it was a just devastating thing. Um, but yeah, he's fucking great. Uh, like you could tell he's 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 having fun, uh, playing the the asshole uh, uncle in there. Like uh, I still remember, like like even before I ever watched it, I still remembered um, uh, when because uh, in the movie, uh, his uh, niece. Um, Catherine Heigl, who who her character's name is escaping me, yeah. but uh, she she's uh, um, in a relationship with the character of Jesse played by Nick Stabile, and um, they I tried. You remember Jesse? You don't remember Jade? I feel like Jade is a much easier name to remember. <laughs> like, uh, thanks for letting me know that was her fucking name and shit. Like, I was just saying there, like I don't know her name. And shit. I said Jade. You just you'll hear it on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. But like, yeah, uh, Jesse and Jade, like they're in a relationship, but. Uh, uh, John Ritter doesn't approve of it, and uh, so they try to sneak away, like you know, by having Jade's uh, gay friend, uh, like take her out on a date and shit. Like it's like it's like prom or dance or something, and uh, he doesn't believe it, so he busts them later on, and uh, like. Which I still think is weird, like just from a storytelling perspective, that that dude made no attempt whatsoever to hide his various activities that could be seen as like tipping their hand right like, right <laughs> like, yeah jay's even like when he, when he talk about the 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 flower i love lilies actually it's an orchid but you do it and she's just like no no shut up like you know her face like shut up shut up <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like yeah you blew it you blew it dude you blew it <laughs> you know? and then um when, when he eventually uh busts them later he pulls them over and they're in the rain and like uh, he's like, oh, I'll I'll fucking set you up so you look like um, Christian Slater and uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Christian Slater on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jesse goes, you fuck. And he goes, but you won't. And it's just like that's that's one of the greatest burns ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I I remember people in the theater were just like, oh shit, like he went there. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah, but it's like, and then um. When we get to uh, what's his name, uh, John Ritter's death scene, when uh, it, Chucky just wants to stab him, but Tiffany's like, "No, no, be more creative than that." So they have the nails explode in his face, and like you had mentioned, like you know, we see Freddy's glove and Michael Myers' mask and Jason's mask and whatever, and then like you know, he has the, all the nails in his face, and Chucky just goes, "Why does that look so familiar?" <laughs> it's like the, the pinhead reference, and it's like uh, I see what you guys are doing here. I see what you guys are doing here, and it's it is great, and I love it. But uh, I wanted to go back to that original scene because I wanted to talk about um, one of uh, the stars of this movie who basically, you know, uh, became horror movie royalty with her introduction, and that, of course, is Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany. You know, like who also I, mean, I had a passionate love affair that she was completely unaware of. Oh, oh, oh dude. Like I, I've always loved Jennifer, Jennifer Tilly. Like I've always loved Jennifer Tilly. Like you know, I I saw Bound and just Jesus Christ, um, and, and you know she she had done a bunch of other stuff too, you know, before that. But um, her introduction into this movie, you know, hello Dolly, and it's just like oh. And, you know, and like rewatching that again is just like you know all those memories come flooding back. You know, it's just and like you know, of course, she's basically become a huge part of the franchise from there. You know, it's just like you can't do a a, a, a Chucky movie without Tiffany. 
Without As a Jen. result, I have now seen her at Comic Con twice. <laughs> that's the yeah. That's awesome. That that is awesome. Um, I, I I I envy you because I wish I could get that close to Jennifer Tilly. You know what I'm saying? Or like just like close enough to where it's just like I'm in her presence. Like oh dude, I this year at Comic Con, if I and I wouldn't have because she's a lovely woman and I wouldn't. But if I wanted to, I could have thrown something and hit her. Like she was very close to me. Nice, nice. Yeah, like, uh, um, and, and it's just like she's she's such a wonderful addition to the movie, like just to the, to the franchise in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tiffany has become like I, I can't imagine them doing like there there was a sense that we that might happen with a uh, curse of Chucky because you know it's just him by himself for the majority of it, and it's like. No, this is great. I love Curse of Chucky. And then she shows up and it's like, oh, bless you. <laughs> bless you. Bless you for including Tim. Even if for like, you know, for a couple of minutes. Like, well, God bless actually, you. I, okay. I do actually want to like, uh, we'll get back to like, put a pin in that for two seconds. Um, the thing I do think is really cool with this franchise in general, and Brian Chucky is actually kind of like a perfect jumping off point. Is like, It's the continuity matters. Where it's like, everything is like, it's not just like, in even Francis I love, where they just kind of abandon the ones they don't want to do. Like yeah. every part of this matters, and that's fucking cool as shit. But go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, with the exception of the remake, like every entry is, you know, canon. Like even part three, which Don Mancini kind of basically disowns. Um, and I, I think everybody else, you know what I'm saying? The, Don Mancini has gone on record saying, like, he was fresh out of ideas. Like, uh, he regrets writing it so soon. But it still matters because uh, at the end of uh, the, um, was it, the post-credits scene in Curse of Chucky, you see that Andy has his certificate from the military school that was set, uh, that where Child's Play 3 was set. So... It's still canon, you know what I'm saying? They oh, didn't plus, just... like, the look when he's, like, all fucking... Because Tiffany has to stitch him the fuck up because of him falling into the fan at the end of Child's Play 3. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, of course, that that's, that's you know, it, it makes sense why Andy knows how to use a gun uh, correctly because his military training in uh, Child's Play 3. So, and I like, I like that, you know, they don't do the thing, which is, it now seems to be the thing where just, well... It's mainly just Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they're just like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll fucking ignore this one and we'll make a sequel to this one. And like, n- no, we're, we're ignoring these and it's a direct sequel to this. Like, you know, the choose your own adventure thing. That's really only like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Halloween. Whereas um, uh, I would say this, I, I, I think this one is the most thorough one. I mean, it really is like, because uh, I think it's funny, is like uh, when I saw uh, Mancini on the panel at Khan, and um, the question I ended up asking him, because he mentioned the idea of um, basically doing like, a, like he's like, you, you're like an MCU thing uh, with Chucky, where he's like, I want to do more movies, I want to do more TV shows, I want to do spinoffs, I want all of it in the Chucky universe. And I was like, that's the thing, is like, and you can tell that it matters to him because. That's the thing that's like, and I, I don't. When I said like the choose your own adventure thing, I was like, I wasn't like it wasn't like a shot per se. It was like, but there is definitely like, 
in a lot of, I mean, Christ, if you look at like from like Nightmare on Elm Street 1 to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, like they basically kind of like abandoned what was kind of before and just kind of like kept Freddy and kind of moved forward. And it was, they kind of kept doing that where it's just like, okay, this is our new protagonist. And then kind of abandoning that protagonist and moving on to it. Like, so that's like, whereas like in, in like the, the Chucky franchise, it's all like, even if it wasn't intended to be what it is, where it's now this like 30 plus year like long running story, it is like at this point, like a 30 year running story and everything matters like from point A to point B, point C. So it's like, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think that's really cool personally. Cause like that's the whole thing. I, I, I told that to Don at the panel where I was just like, I appreciate that he's treated, that he's treated these characters with the respect that I feel like they deserve for that time. Cause like the reason that Chucky like that Bride of Chucky exists and the reason that Bride of Chucky works as well as it does is because it's not just like this cold sequel to Chucky or Child's Play or even like it's it's very much this thing that's coming in the path of like that's the reason that you can parody it and like parody the whole thing and you could have dolls fucking and you would have like comments on like like the the pinhead thing, like, like, all that shit you can do because you've already established this, and now you're just kind of just moving these pieces forward. So I think that's kind of the thing that's really cool um, about what they're doing with this, and that's why I think this is kind of almost the peak in a lot of ways. Although I do think what they're doing now is actually really really cool in and of itself, like with a TV show, but like just the whole thing of like making sure that you as a fan are satisfied, but also if you have never seen it before you could still walk into to Brian Chucky and still have a really good time no nah, yeah totally 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 um yeah like w- what you were saying about Nightmare on Elm Street because like they abandoned everything they did in the first film for part two and then they abandoned everything they did in part two for part three and then just you know completely ignore part two um and like part three part four part five are consistent and then just I don't know what the fuck they were doing in Freddy's Dead, and then just completely ignore everything about the series in New Nightmare. Um, and then with uh, Freddy versus Jason, I, I don't know what fucking time. I, I guess they're going on from Freddy's Dead because you know he was dead at the end of that. But like, yeah, this is the one. Like I said, with the exception of the remake, which I mean, I haven't seen. Uh, I, people will tell me it, it was good. That, I mean, I wouldn't uh, go as far as say it's good. It just it's it's better than I would assume it would be. Like I wouldn't say it's not worth watching. It just it's not. It doesn't. Okay, the thing that you mentioned the Jennifer Tilly thing, um, and I have heard um, Don Mancini talk about it recently because Don Mancini is a gay man, which I did not realize when I was a kid. Um, I don't even think I even realized by Bride of Chucky. Um, but Don Mantini is a gay man, so like that, I feel like that kind of he 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 shows an um, affinity for camp that you also that you often find in the gay community, and I think that like Jennifer Tilly plays really well with that, but also um, that tone plays into especially the ones that come uh, in the heels of Bride of Chucky um, and Bride of Chucky itself, where it has this very kind of fun tongue-in-cheek vibe to it and the remake does not have that at all the remake is basically just like trying to recapture the tone of the original and it's not bad i don't dislike it it's just it's not like it's okay it's not like it's a nightmare on street remake where it fucking ruins my life 
Like, it's like, it's fine. Like, it's like, I, I, I don't feel uncomfortable putting it in the pantheon of Child's Play movies. It just, it's more of a curiosity than an actual thing that I would like. Because I prefer to watch, like, the, the way they come out. But I wouldn't say the remake... And I mean, this might get me shit, but I would like it. I like it slightly better than the Cult of Chucky. Like, because Cult of Chucky is fine, but like, it's like the weakest one. Yeah. Um, and like the remake, I would say is, I personally would say it's better than that, personally. Right. Um, like, yeah, my, my problem with Cult of Chucky is that it's, it's just kind of like whatever. Like, it's fine for like, yeah. for, for about, Two thirds of it, and then the last third, it just completely loses its fucking mind, and just like the the last third of Cult of Chucky really saves that movie, uh, in my opinion. Like if 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 it didn't introduce all that stuff, I mean it's it's subtly introducing it, but like like thoroughly in like the last third and shit, and it's like why weren't you like this throughout the rest of it? You know what I'm saying? And exactly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like you, you went dog fucking nuts in the. Last uh, 20, 30 minutes of this movie and shit. You could have, we could have used this energy for for the first two thirds of it, but you know, whatever, uh, it's fine. But yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't hate it, but it's like, yeah, it's all right. Okay, um, you know, I revisit them all because like, you bought the you bought the box set. Yeah. Um, after that, the first panel, the first Chucky panel last year's Comic Con, um, I came home and bought all the ones I didn't have on Blu-ray because they're all really cheap. Um, on Universal. They were all like five bucks each on Blu-ray. Mm. Um, so I just filled in all the blind spots and I rewatched them all. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Like it's it's like it's it's definitely like it's it's just kinda of, I feel like it's just like it's a letdown because Curse of Chucky was so good. But like whatever, yeah. we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Curse of Chucky is really fucking good. Um but like yeah, like with with Bride of Chucky, it, it set like a tone that um they uh like you know because it went full on to the, to the horror comedy thing, and then uh like they followed it up like that with uh, Seed of Chucky, which is probably the most divisive one in the series because that I one's... used to hate it, and then when I rewatched them all, I actually like it a lot now. I never hated it. I never hated it. Um, I mean, I, I hate the strong word. I just didn't. I when it first came out, I was just like, I wanted Bride of Chucky again, and I right. was so fucking bummed at what I got. Yeah, like like I, I like. The, the problem with it is that I could see, like, I don't have a problem with it, but I could see what, what the problem was is that it goes too far into the comedy exactly. stuff. Like, it, like, it is just straight up comedy and, and not enough horror. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, you know, that was, uh, you know, God bless Don Mancini, but he took kind of like the wrong lessons because he's, he's the one who uh, directed it and he's directed them ever since. Um, he directed Seed, Curse, and Cult. Um, and like, he, he basically like, you know, it's his franchise, you know, so he can do what he wants. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not here to do shit or what it could is, uh, but he, it feels like he took the wrong lessons from Bride of Chucky and like, you know, try to make it more outrageous and more funny. And it was just like, uh, you know, it, this is still a horror franchise. You do recall that, right? <laughs> you know? This is this is too much of a comedy, but I, I still enjoyed it. Uh, I remember watching that and it was like, oh, this is this is really fucking funny though. Like Chucky's masturbating into a cup, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like this shit is hilarious. Um I but like I like how they still like, you know, like I said, that was probably the most divisive one. And 
that's still in continuity. That's still canon. Like, like even within uh, what was it, like the first or second episode of the Chucky series, he mentions uh, uh, Glenn and Glenda. Gender fluid. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, my kid is uh, gender fluid. It's like really, you don't uh, have a problem with that? I'm not a monster. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you know that, like as fucked up as Chucky is, you know what I'm saying? That just makes him like more of a hero than any anybody else. Like you know, because it's like. Uh, you know, he's done so many fucked up things, but like the fact that he's completely uh, respectful of his child is just like, you know, God bless him, <laughs> you know, even as fucked up as he is. But he is he is fucked up in here, though. Um, the way he treats Tiffany, Tiffany went through all that trouble to resurrect him. And it's just like, oh, I found this uh, ring and you were going to propose to me with it. And he was like, oh, I was I, I, I fucking murdered some lady and I stole that ring and I was going to fucking pawn it. And, you know, I wasn't going to propose to you. Get the fuck out of here. And she's just, like, devastated. So well, she yeah, locked. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I feel like that's the thing that, like, I do think is also really, like, true to this character that I think is interesting. Because um, you're saying he's an asshole, but I'm like, it's true, but he's also, he's a psychopath. Like, he's a sociopath. Like, he doesn't have that. So, like, he doesn't have that, like, like, Tiffany is a romantic, but just pushed to, like, these extremes that show that she is also psychopathic. It's just kind of a different like it, she's she's different differently psychotic like it's like yeah. she is also very murderous but like she has these like these ideas in her head like these romantic ideals that she will do anything to achieve up to it including murder whereas chucky is the exact opposite where chucky is like literally his only real goals are all selfish like it's like he doesn't care about anything other than himself and it's right. like i think that's true of tiffany too that's why Tiffany is also a sociopath and a psychopath, but it's just like she's attaching herself to other people. In this case, it was Chucky. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Like she. She. Um. She's sadistic, but she's sentimental. You know. Um. Is is the best way I could put it. Yeah. You know. With like, she she still believes in love. You know, and and cherishment. You know, and Chucky's just like fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? But like it, it, it's kind of like almost like a Joker Harley Quinn relationship between the two of them, was like no matter how many times he shows her just exactly who he is, she just doesn't believe it. Like she'll believe it, and then just like oh, I can't stay mad at you, you know. Uh, what was that episode of Batman? Mad where, Love. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, there you go. Thank you, thank you for knowing exactly what I was talking about. Yep. <laughs> like their their relationship is basically that, you know. It's just like oh, put in. Um, it's like you feel bad for her, but like you know, then she's like, she does some shit, and it's just like, oh god, Tiffany, you know what I'm saying? You fucking psychotic queen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I love I I love like exactly everything that Don Mancini does with these characters, you know, like like even like like I said, even you know, with Seed of Chucky, where it's just like, yeah, you know. Maybe you could have dialed the comedy a little bit back, like where you have uh, them murdering Britney Spears in the movie, um, and Redman is a character, and you know. And, no, I mean that's the thing though. Like I, I, I think this one is like the perfect balance, just because it's like because again, that's all the other thing is like. I mean, we've we've talked about it like in life. I mean, we haven't gotten super deep into it on the show yet, but um, horror and like horror comedy. Is like the hardest fucking thing to do, like 
as far as I can tell, like, of genre filmmaking. Because, like, it's very easy to fall too far into one direction. So yeah. it's like when you hit that sweet spot, it's actually kind of incredible. And I think that's the thing is, like, I also think um, that it's partially it's Don Mancini. I do think, I mean, he definitely gets and deserves a lot of credit. But I also think that, like, Ronnie Yu is a factor because, again, like, I think Freddie vs. Jason is another example would be that, like, manages to, like, ride a specific line. Um, so I think it's just his directorial skill in addition to just how his visual sense. But just in terms of the way he, like, handles tone and pacing. And, like, this was kind of, like, the best first example, I think. Because, like, this is, like, a lot of people bitch about Freddie vs. Jason, which is whatever. But um, this, I've never, I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Bride of Chucky. Like, it seems to be something that kind of unites everybody. And, like, it's, like, if you're a horror nerd and, like, you don't like Bride of Chucky, I would genuinely be curious to talk to you and know why. Because, like, I've never met anybody who didn't. Nah, yeah, like, Ronnie Yu deserves a lot of credit for, like, how successful the film is. Because, like, with Mancini's script, it looks like he, like he's going full into the silliness. But, like, Ronnie Yu, like, took it incredibly seriously. You know, where it's like he makes it like it's it's very it's like a tragic romance. Like it's actually two tragic romances, like at the same exactly. time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like it, like like I said, like he he takes it like very seriously. Like you know, he doesn't see it as jokes at all. Um, and like you know, like he he brings like his his stylist stylish uh, tendencies. Because uh, I I was aware of Ronnie Yu before. Uh, like I mean, because he did uh. Warriors of Virtue, uh, before, uh, that was his American debut. But he like he had done shit of shitload of a uh, Hong Kong movies, uh, The Bride with White Hair, which is fantastic. Also, uh, a Legacy of Rage, which was uh, Brandon Lee's only a uh, Hong Kong made picture, and and that's a great fucking uh, heroic bloodshed movie. And like um, that that one's kind of stylish as well, uh, like fa- fa- like fairly fantastic little movie. So I was I I I was very aware of Ronnie Yu. So it was like, and this was like, and, it, and it's weird too because like this was like the era where Hong Kong directors were coming into America. Like you know you had John Woo and Hard Target, which is why I gave ha- Halloween Ends four and a half stars, uh, co- according to Patrick. <laughs> it was a question. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I like I already watched it. And Patrick was watching Halloween Ends, and I just get a text like. You gave it four and a half stars because of hard target, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is fine. But, like, you know, then, like, after John Woo, then you have Ringo Lamb, you had Choi Hawk, and then Ronnie Yu debuted. Like, no, but, like, Ronnie Yu debuted with Warriors of Virtue, and then that was, like, you know, the 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 martial arts uh, kids fantasy kangaroo flick where you have uh, um, kung fu kangaroos in, in that one. I have uh, no recollection of this movie existing, but I have no reason not to believe you. <laughs> you like, oh, you don't remember Warriors of Virtue? Like, yeah, it's it's, it's like a kid's fantasy, but it's like it features like a bunch of uh, kung fu kangaroos, and uh, Angus McFadden plays the villain in it. Uh, I completely forgot that existed until you just said that. But yes, I do actually remember that now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was his American debut, and like that did whatever. And then, um, like, it kind of, like, you know, fell by the wayside, too. Like, uh, you know, like like I said, all these Hong Kong directors were debuting in America. And, like, you know, that was his. 
And then, but like nobody really paid it any mind, you know, like that Ronnie Yu was making American movies now. Like, cause we were just focused on John Woo doing Hard Target and Broken Arrow and all that stuff. And then Ringo Lamb with Maximum Risk and then Troy Hawk with Double Team and uh, Knock Off. But then like Ronnie Yu completely rebounds with Bride of Chucky. And it's like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I was just like, yeah, yeah, you you let them fucking know like what you're capable of. But everybody else was just like, oh, I I I see what you're about now, Sarah. And then, like you know, he reminded him again with uh, Freddy vs. Jason, um, which is a film uh, I have soured on in recent years. But uh, we will uh, talk about that in. A... Oh, we absolutely fucking will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't rewatched it in many years, but uh, last time I rewatched it, I was just like. Uh, uh, I, I will say though, it's it's, it's the worst Jason um, in the franchise. <laughs> you should see Patrick's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, I like, I, I don't know. I um, I'm just not. Maybe it's just because I was too used to Kane. I, I just, I cannot get into Ken Kersinger's Jason at all. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, so. The fucking random fucking uh, autopsy doctor is a better Jason? Is that what you're trying to say, motherfucker? Are you saying, like, the various people that Jason inhabits and Jason goes to hell is a better Jason? Because I beg to differ, sir. I mean, we have already discussed that that, that movie is not a Jason movie at all. Um, until, like, the, la- like the, the first, what, ten minutes and the last ten minutes. Everything else is, like... the. Like the fuck are we going? What's going on here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, like, uh, like, like a full throttle Jason is just like, uh, I mean, and and Jason goes to hell's defense. It still has Kane as Jason. You know, when he does, when he okay, does appear, okay. when he we're, when he does appear. Okay, this is this, no. We're, we'll save this because oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 I I can already tell like we ever get to Jason goes to hell is going to be a battleground. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is, but um. Oh no! I'll do Jason goes to hell fucking tomorrow. I'm just saying right now, this second, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about goddamn Brian Chucky, which makes me happy, and not Jason goes to hell, which is fucking not. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But like, yeah, um, that that is the film. Like, you know, I mean, because it came out at that time, like, like I said, uh, the same year as uh, uh, Troy Hawk's knockoff, which is the most insane thing ever, and like. Bride of Chucky is like a very close second. I'm like, gonna say the doll's fucking. I feel like probably puts it into a high. The doll not only doll's not only fucking, but doll giving birth to demon doll. I feel like puts it over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and that's the beauty of it because it's like you could tell like the dumbest scene of writing is like, oh, this is a riot. You know what I'm saying? This is ha ha ha. But like. Ronnie, you shoots it so romantically, like you know, like the the them like fucking tongue kissing and shit, and like the way he slowly takes off her clothes, and like we see them fucking in silhouette and all that shit, and it's like it's such a romantic, like almost like an '80s uh movie sex scene, because you know '80s movie sex scenes are most romantic shit, because you know they like basically m- montages of fucking. Um, it ruined and, me at regular sex. <laughs> like me, me and Lindsay talked about that. Like when we talk about the Terminator, like when we did Halloween Four and the Terminator, and it's like, like the, the sex scene and 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 the Terminator ruined us and shit. Like me and Lindsay both said, like we still fuck like that. 
<laughs> like with the clasping of the hands and all that shit. It's like I was like, I, I, I still fuck like that to this day. And Lizzie was like, so do I. <laughs> but it's like, you know, like it's it's so romantic, and you could tell how like I mean, like you could say like you get a sense he he gets a like he understands the comedy, but like the way he takes everything else so completely seriously and portrays it very seriously, like that scene is just like. Ronnie, like I, I, I don't want a, any universe where Ronnie U is not making Bride of Chucky. Like it was just like a perfect like concoction of just like people coming together to make like a perfect. I mean, I know you say you don't believe in perfect things, but um, Bride of Chucky definitely comes fucking close to be. Oh, I agree. I mean, again, like it's like I, you know, I mean, I just don't believe in perfect art, but I do think that like if I did. Brian Chucky is like up there. Like it's just like I think it's fucking masterful. Like I I I think everybody involved, especially Ronnie Yu and Don Mancini, but I mean fuck it. Even like um I don't know who the puppeteers were, but they're great. Um, but like fucking Brad Dourif and Jennifer Tilly, especially, like all of these different pieces come together to make this thing that is it's fucking spectacular. I have in no way. By saying things like I don't believe in perfect art does not mean that I do not think that this is a fucking incredible achievement in film. Like, especially because, like, rewatching it now, it's funny because, like, I watch it, like, when I watched it um, when I was a teenager, like, when it first came out, like, I had an understanding of filmmaking because I wanted to be a filmmaker, but, like, I didn't, like, I do now, where, like, I look at this movie now and realize how fucking horrifying what's been to make because like the way that you have to like shoot the dolls very specific ways and like the puppeteers and like the pup and like the like the whole holy fuck this movie must have been a fucking nightmare to fucking shoot so god fucking bless fucking ronnie you because like everything about every shot in this with the dolls i'm like god bless you dude for making this movie as good as it is because this must have been a fucking nightmare oh yeah like it's like with uh when steven spielberg made jaws and uh, with Bruce the shark, and um, when Joe Joe Dante made Gremlins, which is the reason why it took so long to get him on board to make Gremlins too, because he's like, I don't want to fucking shoot movies with some puppets again. Fuck you. And it's like, uh, we'll give you a shitload of money, and you could do whatever you want. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like, like I, I guess that's why Don Mancini took over, and like he's been the the main director ever since, because he's like, ah, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? I'm used to this shit, you know. I know, I, I know exactly what it takes to make the the puppets work and all that stuff. And uh, I think uh, Kevin Yeager was the name you were looking for. Well, I knew Kevin Yeager was the original one. I didn't know if he was still doing it by Brian Chucky. I knew he created yeah, yeah. Chucky. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was still doing it by Brian Chucky. I think Tony Gardner took over for Seed of Chucky, and he Tony okay. Gardner has been doing. Uh, the Chucky puppeteer ever since. Um, yeah, I knew Kevin Yeager because like um, he married uh, <laughs> he married he Andy's mom. <laughs> so it's like I will never forget Kevin Yeager's name. <laughs> so it's like because it was like good for you, sir. Like you, right. you come out you come out of the special effects guy ghetto. <laughs> no, no, that is true. And and they, and to this day they're still married. Yep. Um, the, like that that's that, that's one of my favorite things. Like you know about the original uh, Child's Play too is that. Uh, I remember uh, they had Catherine Hicks on the supplementary uh, stuff, and she was like, when she first seen Kevin Yeager, uh, she was like, oh, my God, who's this cute guy? You know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, he gave her, like, you know, like, here's the here's the the, the, the prop to hold uh, Mrs. Hicks, uh, Miss uh, Hicks. 
and like you know they they they, they started talking and you know, they started dating and they fell in love and they got married and they've been together ever since. And it's like, yeah, it's it's weird that, um, uh, like, you know, to, to think about that. But I always found that awesome that, uh, you know, they met and fell in love and, you know, they've they've been together ever since. You know, it's like, and I mean, he's a fucking brilliant. It's like, it's like, I still think, um, I mean, despite how much of a pain in the ass it must have been, like the fucking special effects in this especially are fucking awesome. Like, I was like, I... And it's also, to this day, my favorite... Okay, I don't dislike the designs. They kind of brought back the OG design um, after Seed. Um, but, like, to this day, my favorite Chucky design is the Bride of Chucky design, like, where he has, like, the fucking, like... He's basically stitched back together. Mm-hmm. Um, like a Frankenstein-esque kind of thing. Because very clearly, they're not... They're not remotely subtle in how fucking, um, how much of an influence, how influential uh, Bride of Chucky was, or I'm sorry, Bride of Frankenstein was on Bride of Chucky, like when they show it on the TV, no less, um, that Tiffany is watching before she dies. Um, we will mention that in, in the next feature, by the way. <laughs> fair enough. But, um, but yeah, it's like, I, I do think that the, the, the whole thing of him kind of having that like very like stitched together look is still like the coolest fucking look. That, that this design... If this was his last time doing it, like he went out with a fucking bang. Like, he's like I think to me, this is the most iconic Chucky. Like, it's like the Chucky stitch back together just looks so fucking cool to me. And to me, like, when I think of Chucky, that's what I think of. And it's funny because, like, the mask that I got at Comic Con, the cast all signed, um, is like the Bride of Chucky mask. He's like, like a pop Funko or a Funko Pop version. Um, and uh, my friend Kevin was just like, is that what he looks like now? I'm like, no, dude, this is the, the, the OG, like, Brad Jackie look. And he's like, oh, yeah, but I didn't know if they, they brought that back. And I was like, no, I wish they would, but no. Yeah, like, they, they like, because I know um, Don Mancini said that he wanted to go back to basics with Curse. So, like, yeah. that's why they went back to the OG design. But they still incorporated... Uh, spoilers for Curse of Chucky. They still incorporated uh, the, yeah. the Brad of Chucky thing when they peel back the um the 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 alternate the the basically he was wearing a mask and like he still has the stitches but like by curse of uh, cult of chucky he still like they just completely just did away with the fucking uh the stitches well, also now the st- there's like, the body swapping and shit but that's what i'm yeah. saying like at this point i just think i still think again like this to me like the, when i think of chucky now i think of that like stitched together look i think that's like cause also not even just not for nothing like the movie itself is iconic and awesome but, like, I still remember um, when they were promoting the movie and you had um, Chucky on WCW Monday Nitro. You had fucking Chucky on Saturday Night Live. Like, it was, like, all this shit. And he was, it was that version of Chucky, of, like, the stitched together Ryan Chucky version. So, like, that, to me, is in my head eternally. Like, when I'm thinking of Chucky, that's what I think of. It's either that or, like, the poster for the first one, like, with the, like the, the hole in the cheek and, like, the whatever. But, like, when I'm thinking of Chucky in motion, I'm always thinking of that version of the stitched together face. No, yeah, I feel that. Like, yeah, like, Chucky came back with a bang, too, in in 98. Because um, Child's Play 3, they came and went, and nobody gave a shit. Um, and that was, like, seemingly the death of the franchise right there. Um, which, which is wild because uh, Child's Play Two did uh, particularly well, if if I remember correctly, you know. And I know it was very popular. And then a year later, they released Child's Play Three, and nobody gave a shit. 
<laughs> and then the the series sat dormant for like so many years until 1998, where Bride of Chucky came back, and it was like Chucky was back with a vengeance. You know, like it was Chucky mania that they like. <clears throat> Which which is funny to me, like like I rem- uh, when when I did my rewatch of it, like I, I I was reminded like you know through memory how the uh, Bride of Chucky came out in October of nineteen ninety eight, and Halloween H two O was released that year as yep. well, and that came out in July. Yep, and I like I just. St- started giggling to myself it was like how bright chucky gets the october halloween kind of thing and the film called fucking halloween <laughs> gets fucking to be fair in july i think that was like because they were like this is our big summer release and it was just like which i mean i definitely think it made money so like that probably is legit but like i think that's why because it was just like dimension being like this is our big summer fucking movie and like Ron and Chucky was just like, yeah, October is fine. <laughs> like it was like yeah, that, time. That, that is true. But like you know, you, if you recall, like Halloween was doing that for years. Uh, the the series, um, I think uh, Curse of Michael Myers came out what in August of '95, and then H2O in July of '98, and Resurrection came out. Obviously not in October, but fuck whenever that movie came out. I have no fucking idea, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah, nobody cares. Fuck Resurrection. Um, and then like Rob Zombies two came out. Both came out in August, and like it, it, it didn't take until like David Gordon Green's trilogy, um, for uh them to start releasing in fucking October again. Um, I know that uh with Rob Zombies two films that the studio was wary of releasing against the saw movies yeah yeah because for a while if it was halloween it must be saw yeah and then uh paranormal activity movies said fuck you dude <laughs> like <laughs> we're taking we're taking over october now and uh and saw movies was like oh <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> well they said oh but well they were they were they were they were drying their tears with hundred dollar bills <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, I, I found that funny. It was just, like, Bride of Chucky bullied Halloween franchise out of October. <laughs> I mean, it made sense, too, because um, if it was released in July, it, it was released on video in October. Um, H2O. So, yeah. like, that, that that made sense. But, uh, like, yeah, I, I, I still find that. I'm, I'm still laughing about that. It's like, Chucky bullied Michael Myers out of October. I mean, Chucky <laughs> is a bullying son of a bitch. Let's be honest. Like, if we if you've seen any Child's Play movie, he's a bullying son of a bitch. <laughs> like, just imagine this shit. They're all, they're all sitting around the fucking table and shit, and Chucky just talking shit. Like, I could I could imagine it would be Chucky and Freddy talking the most shit to each other. Um... I, I, honestly, though, and shit, as much as I love Freddy, I think Chucky would win that fucking verbal battle and shit just because oh, he's he just because he seems so like he would be so fucking annoying that freddie was just like fuck you bitch <laughs> you know what i'm saying and chucky just be like because chucky's from jersey so i would like, say yeah he's he's, he's, got, he's got that vibe <laughs> yeah he's got that vibe is like he he would get on everybody's fucking nerves and he would not give a fuck <laughs> you know like he'd be talking so much shit like at a dinner with like him and Michael and Jason and Freddie and shit. 
like Michael and Jason, of course, are just sitting there looking at each other awkwardly, like the fuck is going on here? And Freddie and Chucky just talking all this shit to each other. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, that that would be fucking like the the funniest shit like to see. But yeah, uh, Bride of Chucky, man, like what a what a what a what a picture. I was like, gonna say, know, what what a picture. <laughs> to quote, uh, to quote Al Pacino, what a picture. Yeah, like one one of those films that just because you know, like in the nineties, that's where I really like just evolved in my horror um, fandom, and like you know, of course, we talked about Scream. Uh, like I know what you did last summer was a big part of it, but we'll talk about my feelings on. I know yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> and and uh, uh, disturbing behavior, which um, unfortunately I, I don't think fits into this. Uh, I can make it work if you want to make it work. I can make it work. I, I, I like if if you you can give it a try because I I don't know how. Oh, I got this. I already got this. As soon as we get off mic, I'll tell you how I got this. But I got this. If you want to do it, I got this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. But like, yeah, that like it was Scream. I know what you did last summer. Disturbing behavior, and urban legends. Yeah, urban legend as well. Uh, vampires, um, and this Bride of Chucky, where it's just like those are like the the seminal films of Rob, like basically coming into like being like the horror fan who you hear speaking now, like you know, like I mean, I I had. My parents had massive VHS collections, so like I was able to go back through those and watch horror stuff, and I loved it. But to experience like horror films on my own, like as they were coming out, like you know, like people did in the eighties, um, it was those that was just like where I was just one that 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 you know what I'm saying, and and it was just like where I basically just helped develop me into like the horror fan I am today and the horror fan you're speaking now, like, you know, those five, but like, especially I would say scream and bride of Chucky were the ones that were like, and disturbing behavior. Cause I love disturbing behavior. A me lot. too. I, I'm, like, it's like, I'm like, I, yeah, like bride of Chucky is very important. Scream is very important. Um, disturbing behavior is very important. Um, H2O is very important. Oh yeah. That too. Uh, um, Urban Legend is pretty important. Um, I know the summer is very important. So like, so yeah, so like, I definitely we have the we have similar the the origin story, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is w- what led to this series, like yes. led to the show, which was like we, our similar origin stories of like a horror fandom. You know what I'm saying? It's like where which led to me and Patrick just like yeah, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> so there's that. But uh, anything final you want to say on uh, Bride of Chucky? No, I just, yeah, I think it's literally from top to bottom. Like, it's again, like, it's like, I think it's a masterpiece. Like, I think everybody involved is great. Like, like Jennifer Tilly is wonderful. Like, Brad Dourif is wonderful. Um, I think fucking Don Mantini's script is fucking great. It is like, and then Ronnie, you directed the shit of it. Like, it, it really much rides that line between horror and comedy in a way that I think is really, really fucking beautiful in the way that they had to just the way they fucking nail it um and just yeah like the puppetry the fucking makeup like the gore like just from top to bottom just fucking great like i just i fucking love it like it's just it's it's so fucking good 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. One thing we didn't mention that I, I, I was mentioning as my closing, uh, like, comment b- before we move on. Um, it did the sudden, um, fucking, uh, fuck, uh, art, like sudden, uh, like major, like RV kind of like, um, vehicle death before two years before Final Destination did it, where, um, the friend steps out from the van and steps yep. right into uh tractor trailer and gets exploded <laughs> by yep. a tr- uh did it two years before uh like uh, like and it, that always bugs me out that people always give credit to final destination for that scene and it is shocking like you could just drop fucking dead smash and just she's dead but it's like bride of chucky did that first you know, and and it did. It kind of did it more gloriously because you could see the body exploding. Like, in, I mean, it's digital, but you could see like the I, chunks exploding all over the place when it happens. <laughs> I think it's because, and I don't. I was gonna say a meter that I intend. Um, there's a lot. The best way I can think of, the nice way I can think to put it. Um, there's a lot of interesting and cool kills in Bride of Chucky. Yes. There is not in Final Destination. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's why Final Destination kind of gets the tip. Like, that gets that, like, they get, like, the tip of the hat. Because, like, it's the one really impressive thing in that movie. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be a dick. But, like, the one really impressive thing in that movie is that kill. <laughs> Whereas in this, yes, it did it first. But it was in the middle of, like, a bunch of glorious kills. So it's like you don't, it doesn't hit the same way. No, that is true. That is true. That is that is probably the most memorable death in Final Destination. Oh, by fucking far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like I, I vaguely remember all the deaths, but like that's the one I think everybody remembers is her stepping in front of the, the bus and getting exploded. I genuinely forgot until I rewatched it, I had genuinely forgotten every death in that movie except for hers. That's literally all I remembered. <laughs> No, that that is true. That is true. I do remember uh, Kristen Cloak's uh, death in the kitchen um, because it was because it was just so long and protracted. You know what I'm saying? It became basically became hilarious. But uh, like, yeah, like everybody everybody remembers that one death from the first one, and then just like the rest of them is just like, oh, you remember that one? It's basically Final Destination two. Everybody remembers finding all the deaths in the. The the, the 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 one with the kid gets killed. With the it's way better it. in general. I actually would like to talk about that at some point. Like the original, I don't give a fuck either way. The final section two is actually pretty rad. No, yeah, no, it is rad. It is rad. Um, like the 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 kid getting killed by the falling giant pane of glass in Final Destination Two is one of my favorite deaths ever in the movie. And I know that makes me sound sadistic as fuck because it's a <laughs> child dying, but that shit is hilarious. And uh, let me tell you this shit, like, because because you and me were talking about it, and I know this has nothing to do with Bride and Chucky now, but um, the scene where like the the original premonition of like when the fucking uh like all everybody's fucking crashing on the roadway, the highway, um, that is like, and like I know it's like fucking it's a horror movie, but like that whole premonition is the funniest shit to me ever, like the scene where the mom and and the son are fucking trying to stop the car and the fucking water bottle fucking gets caught under the brake and they can't stop it. It's like, they got trolled so hard by that water bottle. To be fair, that has happened in my life. So, like... (laughs) 
No, but like the way she's like, we can't stop. Oh my god! Ah! <laughs> like the way dude fucking crashes, and then the fucking truck, and he's like, ah, like, let me show you how much of a sick fuck I am. Um, no, what makes me laugh the most is like people fucking like letting out death screams before they die. Um, like you know, like when they see something about to hit them and. Ah! <laughs> like or when like in like like in a movie and shit where like somebody's driving to get away and like they get distracted and then they turn around and like a fucking another car is in front of them or a fucking gasoline tanker and they fucking throw their hands in front of their face like a total quitter and like, ah! they don't try to turn the wheel or hit the brake they just fucking throw their hands in front of their face and say I'm fucked ah! and they crash and they die it's the funniest shit to me ever. I will never not laugh at shit like that in movies. Like that shit brings me tears of laughter and joy every time I see some shit like that in the movie. But like, yeah, that's how much of a sick fuck I am. <laughs> okay, and now it is time for I mean they're both Movies that I would have picked. So, like, calling a pick is, like, whatever. But um, my official pick, which is Return of Living Dead 3, um, because it pairs very well with Brian Chucky, and that they're both stories of, like, doomed romance, but, like, taken to the nth fucking degree uh, in terms of horror. And, um, well, okay. Return of Living Dead, the original, is one of my top ten horror films. Um and one of my probably top 20 films in general, at least probably in the top 30. Certainly um, Living Dead 3, I always have a soft spot for because of that, because of that love story, like that it fucking works and it plays. And like, you wouldn't think that a movie that is essentially, for one thing, the second sequel in a franchise that is, already a weird fucking franchise without a lot of connective tissue in and of itself. Um, but not only that, but like in a franchise that up to this point had been very like, the first one rides the line of horror and comedy pretty well. The second one kind of leans more into the, uh, the comedy, I feel like. Um, this one, it is such a fucking different animal in the best possible way that I kind of hold it different it's almost like it's its own thing where it is just a truly beautiful love story that also happens to feature some of the most fucked up shit you could possibly ever see in it um like the degeneration of uh julie's character uh, melinda clark's character of julie um is both i i feel weird saying it fuck it really hot um, but also really, really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have problems. Um, I have I have a type. Um, <laughs> um, but like it's just there's like you're watching that, but you're also interacting with like this very like touching like it, like I never in my life since watching this movie have not bought the love story aspect of it and the, 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 the sadness of it. And like this, the, the way like it makes me feel like the zombie stuff is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like some of the best, some of my favorite fucking effects 
in a zombie movie ever, uh, or in this movie, especially like the guy with the neck is just, that's just spectacular. Um, but actually, I will say real quick, um, you might uh, wonder if we are counting a uh, zombie as a monster. And I told Rob at the beginning of this, I was like, if the mummy counts as a monster, which I count as a monster, a, a mummy is literally just a zombie with extra steps. So, like, I vote that this counts as a monster movie, and I'm into it. But go ahead as to why we are covering this instead of uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, so when we discuss doing Bride of Chucky, because I realize that uh, Chucky Season 2 premiered this month, and we weren't talking about any Chucky, and that just felt weird. That, uh, you know, and it's like, we, 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 we should talk Chucky, you know, because it's just, you know, season two premiered uh, this month, like at the beginning of this month. And it's like, we should talk some Chucky. And it's like, it, it was immediately Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky was just going to be the one we were going to talk about. But what happened was that uh, it was... Obviously, like the the connective tissue, like between Bride of Chucky and another film, would have been Bride of Frankenstein. And two reasons why we're not doing that. Number one, uh, we already did Frankenstein, and it was just like, eh, like you know, I want to space it out. I don't want to do like back to back movies like that. But the main reason why I was like against doing Bride of Frankenstein was like, it's too obvious. Yes. It's way it's too lazy. Obvious. It's lazy as well. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. It's it's lazy creativity. Like, you know, like it, it's easy to do Bride of Chucky and Bride of Frankenstein because like, you know, it's referenced in the title, Bride of Chucky. She's Tiffany's literally watching Bride of Frankenstein and Bride of Chucky. And it's like it's, they it's, it's usually they use the line, we we belong dead <laughs> in Bride right, of right. Chucky. Right. And it was just like it was it was it was too obvious, too lazy, and I didn't want to do it, and Patrick was just like, yeah, that tracks. So it's like, I came up with uh, two uh, alternatives to talk about. I forgot which was the other one I sent you. I just remember Return of the Dead 3, so yeah, I got no... I, yeah, I like, it was, yeah. Um, oh, I remember. Excuse me, I just burped. Um, <laughs> I don't know if y'all hear that, but uh, I just, I, I'm admitting it, so whatever. Um, it was Deadly Friend. Yes, 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 which, yes, okay, yes. Which, 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 uh, was one of the suggested Deadly Friend and Return of the Living Dead 3. And Patrick immediately said, Return of the Living Dead 3. And it's like, okay, we'll do Return of the Living Dead 3. Um, which admittedly, I have not seen a lot of. I've seen it, I've seen it a couple times. I've not seen it like a lot, like, especially not as much as Return of the Living Dead 1 and 2. Um, I've seen it way more than two, but not as much as one. Admittedly, I've probably seen Return of the Living Dead two the most out of the three. Fair enough. And, and like, admittedly, it's because Return of the Living Dead two is actually the first zombie movie I've ever seen. It was not. It was the first time I ever saw zombies because I saw the commercial uh, when I was a child for Return of the Living Dead Part Two. And I didn't even know what a zombie was at that point, but it right. scared the shit out of me. 
Like the first zombie thing I've ever seen, like it, something including zombies, was Michael Jackson's Thriller video. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that. But I didn't know those were zombies. I mean, because I, I didn't know what the fuck a zombie was. So right, right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was that. It was Michael Jackson's Thriller video, and um, I don't know if you remember them, but there was a a boy group called the Boys, which my sister was a huge fan of, and they they had a single. Which they kind of parody Michael Jackson's Thriller video and like you know with zombies and shit and um I seen that but like Return of the Living Dead two was the first zombie thing I've ever seen and you know like that's kind of why I'm biased to to that film and um we'll definitely get to Return of the Living Dead two because I want to talk about that um but uh, I remember this being on cable uh like th- th- them showing it um a couple times. And I'm like, oh, they made a Return of the Living Dead 3? And I was completely, like, I don't want to say blown away, but I was like, I was kind of shocked. But, like, because, you know, I had seen 1 and 2 by that point. And as you stated, uh, Return of the Living Dead kind of has those horror comedy aspects. Return of the Living Dead 2 is almost completely comedy. Like, that, that movie's hilarious. Um, and this one decidedly is it swings almost, the exact opposite direction, <laughs> right? It is almost devoid of humor. No, not almost. It is completely devoid of humor. Like there is nothing funny that happens in Return of the Living Dead Three. I do think Net Guy is hilarious, but okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like, but he's not meant to be funny. He's not meant I to be feel funny. like Brian Usna is not a man who doesn't know when he's trying. Like he's partially responsible for Reanimator. I feel like he he made society. I feel like he knows what he's doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, most definitely. Brian Usna is a very interesting figure in horror because like the, the the movie like the the funny thing is that like of course he was a producer on Reanimator. Uh, he directed Bride of Reanimator. Which I'm not really a fan of. Um, yeah, I don't like it as much. I mean, I, it's okay. Like, yeah, I remember uh, I saw Reanimator, and I I was just in love with. I love Reanimator, and then I was so excited to see Bride of Reanimator, and then I remember I watched it, and, and it was hilarious too because um, uh, I watched it uh, in um, with a. Uh, I didn't watch it with her. But I watched it while I was um, uh, it was in a relationship with a female uh, Alex, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Um, and she was watching something else, so like you know, she was she was like she was very like bullheaded. Was like I'm watching this, and like you know, I, I'm not watching that. So I watched it on a portable DVD player I had, and I remember watching it, and like she like looked over to glance, like she glanced over to what I was watching, and she's like. What the fuck are you watching? <laughs> and it was just like Bride of Reanimator. And I was just like, eh, this is this is alright. Uh you know, it was like, eh. And I, I is, is if I remember correctly, that was the first full I mean, well, this. But like the um that was the second Brian using the film I watched. And it was like I was not fully uh, I didn't fully grasp the kind of filmmaker he was at that point. Um, between this and Bride of Reanimated. And then, like, you know, I saw his other shit, like, uh, um, 
what is it? Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, Faust, um, which is insane. And then I saw Society, and it's like, holy shit, dude! Like, I I totally get what you're about now. Like, you're you're a fucking insane person. It's like it's 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 weird, like to think of like someone being more insane than Stuart Gordon, the late great Stuart Gordon, but Yusna. Holy shit! Yes, he is. Oh yeah, that it, it's funny because he seems so normal. He see interviews with him and shit. He seems so normal, but yeah, no, his his movies are fucking crazy. He seems like such a regular guy, and then you see his <laughs> movies, and it's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> but like, yeah, like like I totally get where where he's at. And then like, of course, he did um, which uh, Silent Night Deadly Night movie he did? I think part four. Is he a three or four? I can't. No, remember. no, no. He didn't do a three. He definitely didn't do three. Three was um, Monty Hellman. Okay. Um, I think he did four. Four was okay. the one he did. Um, and yeah, like, like, dude is insane. Like, you know, just like, I mean, you don't even need to watch his other movies to get the insanity of him. All you need to watch is Society. Yeah, and just, just like Society is a fucking. I remember watching because uh, we we. We discussed it on an episode of House of Screams, uh, and I remember having... I, I had never seen Society until we discussed that on, on that show. And I was, like, watching it, like, oh, like, you know, because I heard so many wild stories about Society. And I was like, oh, this is fine. I, I don't see a big problem with it. And then you get to the shunting shit, and it's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> now I get why Society is a big deal. Cause this shit is fucking insane, um, uh, but like going back to Return of the Living Dead three, it's like it's like you said, it's like it's like such a sincere film with like in the fact that it's basically just this love story that's just really fucked up. <laughs> well, it's like it takes the idea because it's the same thing that kind of Brian Chucky does, where it's like Brian Chucky is this very tragic love story, but like it's also played like a sense of fun, whereas this is kind of the exact opposite, where yeah. it's like, if you were in a situation where you were totally in love with someone and that person died and you had access to 245-trioxin and could bring them back to life and you had already seen what the two four five two four five triaxin does? Would you still bring that person back? And the answer that Kurt gives is a resounding yes. And you go from there. Where it's like, and it's like the whole thing is that movie. This whole movie, the thing I think is really cool about it is, I mean, it's it's kind of true. I think of kind of the Return of the Living Dead, uh, the first one at least as well, where it's like zombies that are conscious and they're cognizant and really don't like being zombies. Like, cause like if you like, um, break down, like, let's say like Romero is the most famous zombie movies. Like they're just mindless. Like there's just nothing there. Um, whereas like this and like Return of the Living Dead, uh, the original are the movies that I remember, like what? Like in like they basically like they make it very clear this one especially how fucking horrifying it is to be, turn into a zombie and to be a zombie, 
And it's like, that's kind of another thing that like also um, kind of makes it hit really hard for me is like what Kurt did when you really break it down was incredibly selfish. And everything that he does from that point forward is incredibly selfish, even though he's ruining his own life. But he's still desperately just trying to like hold this together because he loves this girl so much that like, and he's hitched his entire life to her. Like their whole plan at the beginning of the movie is like they're gonna run away together and they're gonna have like this romantic idea where he's gonna be in a band, blah blah. Um, but it's all kid bullshit. But it's still he's so invested in her and in this life that it does not at any point during the entire course of the film, it never occurs to him to do anything but help her in her, like, zombie journey. Like, he gets really upset when she does zombie things, but, like, that still doesn't stop him from helping her constantly in every step of the way. Like, it's just like, so it is really, if you break it down, very beautiful, I think. Like, a very beautiful portrayal of love. Um, just by, I mean, it's it dressed up in this very um, specific zombie package. But you could also, if you so choose, and this is because I'm a fucking mess, uh, my read is um, you could also just as easily make it a metaphor for somebody, and you're dealing with somebody with mental illness, or I mean, I guess physical illness as well. But like, so it's like, it works on a lot of levels that again, you wouldn't anticipate Maternal Living Dead 3 working on, which I think is really interesting about it, personally. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with you. Like, because, I mean, I, I, this might sound like derogatory on uh, the first two, but like, they're, they're more like pop horror. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, particularly two. You know, say because you know. I would say I would like to think of the uh, the original as punk horror, but our yes, let's go ahead. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, one is punk horror, two is pop horror, and this one is like much goth more. Horror. Yeah, <laughs> definitely more goth horror, and um, it, it, it's weird because like I, I didn't really put that connection together, but uh, this has a lot of similarities with Deadly Friend because like you know. Uh, the character of Paul in that one, played by Matthew Lavato, is like decidedly, decidedly, uh, just as much as an idiot um, as Kurt in here. Um, but like you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt because they're in love. Um, and they're with, children. Let's be honest. Like it's just like you make stupid decisions when you're a teenager. Yeah, like you're like yeah, you, you do stupid shit when you're in love. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like. They're both their decision to resurrect uh, the love of their lives and shit, and then like it just completely goes off the fucking uh, the the rails and shit. I mean, I, I think more for Kurt and here than Paul and Deadly Friend, and I definitely want to talk about Deadly Friend, so I won't say too much on that. But okay. Kurt, um, yeah, he, uh, boy, does he fuck everything up in this one just because he's so in love with her. And of course, I don't blame him because Julie is Melinda Clark. Yes. 
And um, I know if Mike were here, he would agree um, of the greatness of Melinda Clark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, how would you not ruin your life for Melinda Clark? Oh, dude, like, I was obsessed for several years after seeing this film. So, yes. <laughs> Again, I have a very specific type. And, like, was it created by this film? Did it exist before? Who can say? Who knows? I don't know. But I am telling you, based on this film, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not alone because I, I, I've seen many people like, like, because I, I rewatched this for the purpose of this discussion. And uh, I, I went through, um, I think, letterbox reviews. And there are many people who have stated that, you know, this film cause them to have weird feelings uh, because, you know, they found themselves just thoroughly uh, attracted to Melinda Clark in this film. And if you see Melinda Clark, I mean, it's hard to like, you, you don't really need to see the film. All you need to look is a fucking poster of the film and she's in full, you know, just, just, I don't even know the proper term for goth girlfriend. <laughs> Oh yeah, like fucking sadomasochistic, pure sadomasochistic, um, just sexiness <laughs> on the fucking poster, you know. I mean, the the poster is a spoiler because she doesn't appear like that until very late. To be the fair, film. the movie's called Return of the Living Dead, so like I feel like if you didn't walk into it expecting zombies, then like yes, you're spoiled, but like whatever. Like I don't know how you picked it up otherwise. All right, that is true and shit, but it's like. It, like it's like oh my god she, look, look at her and then it's like it's also melinda clark and it's like i get it like like you know when she's in the full thrall of like the pain like you know helps it go like the pain go away like when she's stabbing herself with various instruments of like whatever rusty tools and like you know they're in the they're in the sewer trying to hide out and her and Kurt just go at it. You know what I'm saying? As she's fucking stabbing herself in the fucking thigh and the arm and all the and the hand and shit. And it's like, you know what, dude? I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. You know, she's a zombie. She could eat you at any moment, but it's Melinda Clark. So I get it. You know? It's like I remember um I talked with Mike uh on my my other podcast, you could have been a bluff in this movie, and we talked about uh, one the episode we talked about one of the movies we talked about that was uh, Out for Blood with um, uh, Donald Dragon Wilson, and um, I did not realize that Melinda Clark played Donald Dragon Wilson's wife in that because she's in it very briefly, and Mike was like. I, I fucking agree with Donna Dragon Wilson. If somebody fucking murdered my wife, I'd fucking go on the killing spree too if my wife was Melinda Clark. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hold up. I did not <laughs> realize that. Like, because I recognized her because, like, you know, she only appears in flashbacks because by the time the movie starts, she's already dead, her character. But she appears in flashbacks. And um, so, like, and when the flashbacks they have in that film are very, like, you know, like blurry and all that shit because it's a flashback. So I was like, who is this? You know, like, you know how you watch a movie and you see somebody and it's like, where the fuck do I know this person from? Because it's annoying the fuck out of me. And then, like, he said that and it was like, 
Oh shit, that was Melinda Clark. Okay, I get it now. I get why Donna Dragon Wilson went on a killing spree because they killed his wife Melinda Clark, and I get it. And uh, I totally understand Kurt, like why he wants to turn uh, Melinda Clark into a zombie, and she's eating people. Like uh, first she's eating snowballs in the uh, in the store, and then she's eating people, and then like you know she's stabbing herself with various rusty implements. And, you know, she's going on a fucking killing spree or whatever she's doing. But it's like, it's okay. Because you're Melinda Clark. (laughs) I get it. I get it. I too get it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, for me, it's like, I... But I mean, even taking Melinda off the Clark off the table, it's like, I mean, because... Heavens. Um... And even if you take um, the zombie element off the table, I'm still I'm still there. Um, <laughs> um, I have problems. Um, <laughs> like like don't don't feel bad. We both do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but no, it's just like I don't know. I think the only thing that I that does kind of annoy me is like because you're like eating people. I'm like that's the one thing I can't, I can't remember if it's as much a thing in uh, two. But um, the first one, they make it really clear that they, they only really care about the brains. Yeah. Um, and this one, they do mention that, like where there's the whole thing when um, like uh, Kurt's dad, because like the whole reason that Kurt gets access to two, four, five Taraxin is because his dad is working with the military to basically try to turn zombies into bioweapons. Because of course, of course, the fucking government would do such a thing. Of um, <laughs> but um, but like they mention like the whole like they give like a reason for why they eat brains. But like, whereas um, when Julie becomes a zombie, she does not <laughs> seem to really give a shit one way or another about brains most of the time. Like, yes, there is like one point where she's definitely eating some brains, but like a lot of times she's just biting into motherfuckers, like just like just giving it a good old chump. Um, and like that, on the one hand, kind of annoys me because I'm just like that isn't technically true. But I also I, I did hear. Um, used to talk about the movie where basically the movie was kind of conceived without necessarily being a Return of the Living Dead movie. It just was basically like um, at whatever stage in the process uh, it became a Return of the Living Dead movie. But I guess their only real um, caveats um, were the addition of 245 trioxin and the zombies eat brains. And they were like, other yeah. than that, do what the fuck you want. Um... And so, like, in that respect, I get it. And I do think that this movie has some of the best, like, gore effects in general. So, like, I don't even... I don't hate it. It's, like, it's, it's fucking rad. But that's the one thing that kind of bums me out. Like, I do think that, like, I do kind of, like... There was the establishment of, like, just the brains. Because, like, basically because the electrical impulses from the brains right. help stave off the, like, the way they feel as zombies. Because, yeah, I do think that's cool, like, that, like, the zombies... Because, like, I think they were the first or something, like where it's, like, the, like the, the pain of being dead. I'm like, that's just a horrible fucking idea that I'm not comfortable with. Um, like, where it's just like, oh, hey, you know how painful life is? Death is also really painful. It's just like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, God damn it. So there's just no way out. Um, but no, like, I think the overall story... Of basically doing Romeo and Juliet, but doing it because um, we're talking about like um, things being ahead of their time. Um, there was that fucking movie from a couple of years ago. Well, more than a couple of now, 
um, but Warm Bodies, where it's um, an actual, like, Romeo and Juliet, but with zombies. Whereas this, I think, is a much purer take on what Romeo and Juliet actually is. Because Romeo and Juliet, if you ever read the play, Mm -hmm. or watched the fucking Balls Lerner movie, like, whatever the fuck... It's a very tragic story. Like it's like it's not a fucking happy story. Like it's it's there's no happy ending. <laughs> like and like this, I think it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of that because it's like this movie from point A to point B to point C is never never fun. Like it's fun in the sense that like cool stuff is like happening and so as a horror nerd, it's like it's fun to watch. But like yeah. in terms of like the actual like story it just gets worse and worse like, as it goes on. Like, there's there's never a point when it lightens up, like not for one goddamn second. It just gets darker and darker and darker until it's just, it's it's done in the most pitch dark way you possibly can um, oh, yeah. without ruining the movie. Um, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's like, to me, the reason it always kind of always resonated with me was because even though it's completely different than the first Returning Return of the Living Dead, which I love so much, it's its own thing in a way that plays on other sensibilities that I have. Like, it's like, again, it's like, which are like the whole, like, uh, Return of the Living Dead, the original being like punk horror and this being goth horror. I was like, that's kind of nailing down two like elements of my personality, <laughs> like right there, right in there. And like, so it's like, it definitely, it feeds two different beasts. But like, to me, it's like, I think just the whole way the story plays out is just really cool in terms of like it never it goes the way you should know it's going to go but it doesn't go the way you necessarily think it's gonna go because you keep thinking like because you've seen movies like this that like it's gonna go in a way that is like at least somehow positive and it just doesn't it just gets worse and worse and i do think um the one thing more than anything I think is interesting is the way it manages to be sensitive with all of the characters that are like, uh, like that aren't, I guess, villainous. Cause like, um, like, yes, um, the, 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 um, like the gang is very one dimensional. Um, (laughs) Like, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, as as a Latino man I, uh, across yeah. from you, yeah. Um, I, I, I would definitely say that uh, this was what I mean. Go, go ahead, Patrick. I, I'll get this. <laughs> <laughs> They're very one dimensional. Um, the uh, if you will, I guess evil scientist. Even though I feel like there, there's not like a, a positive scientist. Um, is also very one dimensional. But like, if you take like the Kurt and Julie characters, and even like Kurt's dad is a loving father um, mm-hmm. who is really trying his best just to, like, raise his fucking son who lost his wife and the boy's mother and is literally just doing his best. And is like, it's very, like, in the end of the movie, he's desperately trying to save him even at, like, the last possible second. And even breaking it down, like, even further, like, even though, yeah, in other hands, I feel like the Riverman could have been played as a very kind of, like joke character or, or like a one note character i think there's also like a tragedy to that character that i think is really interesting oh yeah uh, and the way he's portrayed where it's just like he's genuinely like he's clearly out of his fucking mind but he's also 
sincerely kind and sincerely trying to help them. And like from the like from like, until his last moments in the movie, like he's it's kind of a beautiful character. So it's like I do think that's kind of a cool thing about the movie in general. It's like it's you wouldn't expect it to be as character oriented as it is. But really, like it's it's impressive the way the sensitivity in which it handles most of those characterizations. Like, again, like, yes, <laughs> the gag is very one dimensional. Um, and like the evil scientist, again, still feels weird. Um, it's very one dimensional. But like, just the like the way that it treats most of the characters, like the, the, the main characters is just, I don't know, I think it's very, it's not what you would expect. And it's very, it's it's what keeps me coming back and it keeps me rewatching it time and time and day. Because yes, I've watched the first one way more, but um, I watched this a lot because it like, it just, I don't know, it resonates with something with me on a deep level beyond <laughs> psychosexual things. So like, <laughs> just like the, 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 the tragedy of it, like the love of it, like the, the characterization of it is just, it's very, it's very beautiful to me. I think it's really, it's, it's, it's a really interesting movie. I feel like. No, no, no. I, I thoroughly agree with you. Like it, like it, 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 it it's, it's almost like in a genre like this, it, 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 it didn't deserve to have this much uh, pathos. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, it, it doesn't have this much, this much depth, you know, like he could have, Brian using could have easily made just so like, you know, um, simple, like whatever zombie movie, but like he injected, like you know, like a romance, and you know, like characters with depth and you know, dignity and all that stuff. Like you, you mentioned the Riverman, and um, like, like, like his character, and you know, like Kurt is so well-meaning, you know, even though like he, you know, he, he, he makes such horrible mistakes, and like, I, I love that moment where, you know. Julie has basically turned the this Hispanic gang into zombies. Well, like you know, she she starts out and then like they turned the one into a zombie and then it's going to spread. They, 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 yeah, they kind of take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, and like yeah, um, why did they have to be a Hispanic gang? I mean, I uh, I get it. Like uh, you know, you needed some like you know some I guess villains to the story. And you know the the stereotypical Hispanic gang members, um, whatever. I'm just like, I love this movie, but I, I I'm rewatching them like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they just like you know, like oh Holmes, yeah, like hey, saying. I'm just like, oh God, you know, saying like I I like the only person I could think of who's probably rolling their eyes more than me is Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, you know, like just like me and him would probably be looking at this, like, Oh God, you know, whatever, you know, the, the whole stereotypical Hispanic gang ship, you know, but like, what was like, uh, what Brian Houston did is just like, it has to really be commended because, you know, He's doing something that's really non-traditional with this, but also features traditional zombie movie shit. Like, you know, like you think of like zombie shit, like, you know, you go all the way back to Night Night of the Living Dead. And, you know, like you think about that movie and you think of 
uh, you know, like how they barricaded themselves in the house and the zombies are reaching in and all that stuff. And you feature all that shit in here. Like, you know, but like it's so non-traditional the way he does it. Like it, it's, it's almost highly original, even though like, you know, we've all seen this shit before, you know, when they're in the sewer and shit and like everybody's, you know, stereotypical Hispanic gang has been turned into zombies and like they barricade themselves, you know, to protect them. And it's like, it's all shit we've seen before, but like, it's done in a non-traditional way. Like it seems like so unique and, you know, like I, I really appreciate him like doing that. Like, you know, where it's like, he's doing something that like we haven't really seen before in the zombie subgenre but like you know stuff that like makes us like recognize the familiarity with it which like because that's what horror audiences love like we we've we've seen that over the past week with halloween ends you know what i'm saying like you hate when people do things different with the horror genre i mean not us because we love when you know like you 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 swing for the fences and like he he does here but then like you know he also is like you know like like let's do the same shit but different you know like like of course he's taking on the return of the living the franchise and it's like it's known for being funny like the first one is very funny um second one is like almost complete comedy like you know and this one has no humor in it at all but like you know it's still like we recognize those things that we love from the zombie genre you know what i'm saying like we like where where it's like I mean, and it's obviously on a low budget because they can't do a whole zombie outbreak like they did in the first two. Like, you know, in the first two, you had, like, fucking hordes of zombies. And this one is just, like, a small group. Like, first is Julia. For, like, you know, you have, like, the the first encounter with the zombie. And, like, you know, where Julie and Kurt, over, like, you know, they're in the shaft. And they always see, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they have the zombie attack and all that stuff. And it's just one zombie. And then there's Julie afterwards. And then, like, you know, she, she turns... Um, Stereotypical Hispanic gang into zombies. Um, I, I, that's what they are. So that's what I'm gonna. No, I know. I just, I just, <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's like TM afterwards, just like like Rob, like trademark stereotypical Hispanic gang TM. Right, 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 right. And like you know, and then like you know, it, it starts doing the you know what we're known for, like, you know, they're barricading themselves to, like, you know, to stay safe from the zombies and all that stuff, and the zombies are poking in, like, oh, like, you know, like, like, real Romero shit. And and the funny thing is, like, this seems more keeping with Romero shit than the first two. You know, because yeah. the first two... No, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, the first two, like, are doing basically their own thing, like, as, as, um... I remember, too, like, because, uh... I spoke about that with uh, Miguel Nunez. Uh, me and Candy from House of Screams did an interview with him, and like we mentioned that to him, uh, what, uh, talking about like you know like the difference of like when he did Return of the Living Dead and the difference in the zombies, like you know from where, where Romero did, and like you know, and it's like with this one they harken back to that. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, like I mean because that's the point. Of, that was the point of Dan O'Bannon anyway. When he did the first Return of the Living Dead, he did not want to intrude on what Romero was doing because, like, that's Romero's turf. I don't want to do that, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to be copying off Romero. And this one kind of harkens back to that way, so, so it's almost like Romero type things, like you where you recognize, but it's like different. And and I, and like I and during the rewatch, I really like 
was taken aback by that. Where I was just like, huh, I, I really appreciate what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Where he's just like doing, you know, where he's recognizing where, you know, where all this stuff originated, but he's doing his own thing. You know what I'm saying? And he's making his own story here. And it's like, you, you really got to appreciate uh, Brian using it for that. Like, and like, you know, like all the like tragedy that the movie, you know, conveys. Like, because like we we mentioned how Kurt is well meaning, but he's an idiot. <laughs> and um, but like like going with the sewer man, like you know, where he's like, oh, to to the sewer man, take Julie and get her out of here, you know, and I'll keep them at bay. And then fucking Julie just eats sewer man. But like, I like how Kurt is so distraught by that, like. No, not him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like it's to the point where he's infuriated with her. Where he's just like, he wants to fight her because it's like this dude helped us out. He fucking looked out for us. You know what I'm saying? He hit us and shit when he didn't have to. And what do you do? You fucking eat him. You stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And like, 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 to the point where it's like, you know, I mean, they had their differences earlier, like where he basically, what does he call her, disgusting and shit? When she starts fucking sticking herself with shit, where she tries to commit suicide by jumping off the, the bridge into the ravine down below. Um, but like, you know, he still he goes back down because he still loves her. You know, he loves Julie. But like, that's the moment where he becomes completely infuriated with her. Where he was like, now I gotta fuck you up. You know what I'm saying? Because like, this dude helped us out. He 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 went to bat for us and shit. He almost got killed by a stereotypical Hispanic gang. And what the fuck do you? How do you repay him? You fucking eat him. Like like and like he like and then Pop shows up and like he shoots it with the the dart freeze gun and all that shit. And um, like and, and I like how basically it basically becomes like a Living Dead movie in like the final couple of minutes. You know, but like in the lab and shit, where like all the zombies get loose and all that shit, and it's like that's when like it really shows out, and it's like it, it, it's understandable because they, I I I don't even know what the budget for this movie was, but I can guarantee it was probably like just way smaller than it was for one and two. Oh, definitely. Like I would I would guess at most like probably like five million. <laughs> like I would, like I wouldn't say it's it was a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It was it was definitely small because you know. Like they they had like only like a few zombie action shit like you know like not not in the sense like they, there's multiple zombie things that happen like but, set pieces yeah 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 um like I would say there's like what fifteen zombies in the entire thing there's Julie there's a stereotypical Hispanic gang which is like what four of them yes there's three next dudes dude. one girl. Yeah, there's yeah, there's uh, spine dude, and uh, the homie who gets fucking his arm bitten first, and there's the other dude, and then there's the girl, and then Superman basically becomes a zombie later, um, and then there's like like the the, the, the original zombie too, like in the experiment first, so yeah, there's like between ten to fifteen zombies in the entire thing, you know, not not you know like way scaled down from what we've seen in one and two and shit where it was just like fucking massive amount of zombies. But like, it still incorporates that stuff. And, and I still think it's done incredibly well, you know, 
and it's just like it, it it shows just a lot of like a lot of what you don't see in this shit because you know but by this point zombies have become parody you know like even return of living dead too which i love and shit is basically parodying zombies they even have fucking zombie michael jackson in there um for th- four seconds um <laughs> and like i and i know that uh Tom Savini um, had an issue with that. He was like, you know, zombies aren't scary anymore because everybody's making fun of zombies now. And I, I feel like this one is the film where it's like went out of its way to make zombies at least scary again. Because I, I remember a conversation I had with a friend of mine, Carlos, um, who does not like scary stuff. He, he refuses to watch scary stuff. Um, it's just like I, re- I remember him telling me that uh, Pinhead terrified him as a child and he refuses to watch any Hellraiser stuff. But he was a religious watcher of The Walking Dead. He he loved The Walking Dead. I'm like, dude, how do you hate scary movies and watch Walking Dead? He said, because they're zombies, bro. They're not scary. And like, do you know how kind of sad that made me? <laughs> you know, it's just like, because he's he's right in the sense like zombies are not scary anymore like you know they've been done to death well yes and no i mean I no, feel like no anything, pun intended <laughs> <laughs> i feel like any anything if you turn it you can make it into like i mean like i mean christ how many fucking vampire comedies are there like how many fucking werewolf i mean like it doesn't mean that you can't do a scary werewolf or a scary vampire it's anything with zombies like i feel like anything monster wise you can treat it it's just it's literally just how you treat it. Like it's like it's if you treat it as frightening and you have competent people making it and acting it and all that, like I feel like then you can you can I mean I think Walking Dead had like moments of true horror to it. Like it just like it's like I feel like it's it was mostly not that. Um but like I wouldn't say I don't know. It's like for me with zombies, like, yes, I mean, because at the same time, like, <clears throat> like I was saying before, like the thriller video didn't even track they were zombies, didn't even track they were supposed to be scary because, like, they, like, they're scary for two seconds and then they start dancing. So it's like my brain never processed because I probably saw that first two when I was a child, but I never processed it as being like zombies because, like, it was just not my brain just didn't, I didn't know. Like, it was just whatever. So it's like, I feel like that's kind of the whole thing is like, it's how you treat them. And like, that's the thing is like, that's why I feel like this movie versus the first two, it definitely shows like how you treat them. Like, because as we established, like two is definitely not treating them as being particularly scary. Whereas the first one kind of splits the difference right. um, where they are very, I think the zombies really dead. The original ones really dead are the scariest zombies because they're unkillable and like, fast and like rip shit to shreds and like fucking knock motherfuckers the fuck out. I just like, those are some scary fucking zombies to me. Like, um, and this one, they're definitely scary just because of like, just by virtue of the fact that like, it's, they're portrayed in such a way that yes, there's not a lot of them. And so it's like, it's not the horde that's scary. It's the individual zombies themselves that are portrayed in such a way. That they're so threatening <laughs> that it's like very difficult for me to not be frightened by them. Cause like you show the first zombie that you show in the movie 
um, at first it's just kind of like controlled and like good, clean fun. But then you show how quickly that gets out of control and the way that Yuzna uses blood and gore effects, it's, it's manages to be over the top, but without being to me, at least without being funny. Like it's like, it, it still plays as being scary. Like the way, like with that, that first zombie attack, like, yeah, it's a shitload of blood and gore, but it doesn't feel the way, like the first thing that feels, for instance, where it's like, it's it, where it's like, it's so over the top that it becomes funny. Like this is just straight up. I'm scared as shit of these fucking zombies. Like they're fucking tearing fucking things to shreds with their fucking teeth. Like that is fucking horrifying to watch. Oh yeah. 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 Most definitely. Most definitely. And it's just like, you know, just the loss of humanity too, which I think using it portrays well, you know, when you watch the sewer man, uh, they convert him into like they try to convert him into a weapon, you know. They put the like the the exo uh, skeleton suit on him at the end, <clears throat> you know. And like you know, thankfully, like you know, he turns against them, you know. As Kurt tries to, you know, I mean, Kurt eventually fucks everything up again, you know, and gets everybody killed at the end. He also, including himself. Um, I was trying not to spoil that before, but <laughs> that's fine. I mean, like, uh, we might as well spoil it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, we're, we're in full spoilers. And it's like, what you were saying is um, it, it, it gets, you know, it just continues to get dark and depressing uh, to the end. The and shit. End. Yeah. The, to the very end, where it's like, it, it, like they essentially kill themselves, you know, like, which is, you know, keeping in with... Uh, Bride of Frankenstein. I was gonna say, yeah, it's very much we belong dead. <laughs> like it's very much the same kind of vibe. Like, yeah, like where are we going? Where we belong? Like, I, I, I think they say, you know, what I'm saying, and you know, they, they burn, you know, what I'm saying, and it's like, yeah, like you were saying, the father, it, like to the very end, he's trying to save his son, and it's like, not dead. I'm fucked here. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying, just, just go on. You know, we lost mom, and now you're gonna lose me, and you know that's that that's sad. And maybe you shouldn't be fucking fucking around with this trioxin bullshit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, Ursa from Superman Two is a fucking bitch <laughs> who fucking coming in here and 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 <sighs> taking over and trying to turn everybody into weapons, zombies into weapons. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yeah. Wait, did you not realize that? No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the female no, scientist I is. I see it now. I did not track that until you just said it. That is definitely fucking Ursa. I had no fucking idea. But yep. yeah, the bad scientist, if you will. Again, I feel weird because they're both experimenting on zombies. I don't know if there's a good scientist in the scenario, but right, right, right. Like yeah, but uh, there's no, no nobody really off the hook here. Yeah. You know they're 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 all bad people. Um, I, I guess the dad is more sympathetic. You know, I mean, like you know, for the love of his son, not for what the fuck he's doing with yeah. these zombies. But yeah, Ursa is continuous continuously being villainous. You know, she wants control of the project. You know, she wants to turn everybody into fucking zombie weapons. And uh, she pays for it dearly, you know what I'm saying? Because she's Ursa and she beat up Superman. <laughs> so fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, 
it, it, it's it's really just you know, uh, and it's funny too because it came out ten years after Day of the Dead, uh, basically um, Romero's. Um, I mean, you you have people like who prefer Night of the Living Dead, which I do, and then you have people who prefer Dawn of the Dead, and understandable. But like you know, even Romero himself preferred Day of the Dead, and that was the last time you know. Really, that anybody took zombie seriously was when Romero did Day of the Dead, and then you have ten years later, ninety five. That ninety five is when this one came out, if I remember. I think correctly. so, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's the same thing. Like you know, this is the first time since then that where somebody took zombies seriously, and you know where and and it, whereas Day of the Dead had a more happy ending, this one is a lot more tragic, and. You you are not leaving this motherfucker happy at all. Like this one is just dark and depressing. Um, but I I appreciate it for for doing that. Like I really appreciate it for doing that. For like you know, yeah you know, being undead is fucked up, and I want to shove your face in how fucked up being undead is. You know, and like Yuzna really does that. Where it's just like everything is just ugly and just unhappy, <laughs> and you know it's just like it's, it's it's like I I don't know how like see because the thing is I'm biased toward Return of the Living Dead too because it was the first zombie movie I ever saw, so I'm biased, you know. Um, obviously my favorite is not the original Night of the Living Dead. We we've talked about that before. Um, j- just because, and and that one's also fucking depressing as fuck. At, yeah. at the end, then like that one does not have a happy ending. Uh, uh. To be fair, neither does Dawn. Um, I mean, so, Day is the only one. I think Day was those. Like, that was, I guess, his plan was to be like, this is the end. Like we're the, so we're gonna send them off happy. Like it's like it's like they're on an island. They're safe. Right. Hey, <laughs> the world is fucked, but this island is fine. I mean, with Dawn, it's like there's that inkling of you know maybe they'll end up somewhere fine. Well, no, but if you watch the whole fucking crest, fucking eventually that fucking helicopter runs out of uh, runs out of fuel, so like they ain't going anywhere. If we're being completely honest, I mean, like yeah, like they, they mentioned like um like what was it? Do we have enough fuel? And it's like uh, maybe, and it's like all right, let's whatever you know let's let's just get the fuck out of here you know and that's that and like yeah with day it's like you know they're they're on an island and they're safe and you know saying everything is fine and uh for them for yeah for them yeah but everybody else is fucked (laughs) and this one like yeah it harkens back to the like the original night in doing dead where everybody's fucked i mean like yeah, the dad gets away, but he loses his son. Um, and also, uh, uh, I, I was I surprised that uh, old man from Charles in Charge survived. In here. Yes, and it's just um, like, <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, I feel like it's because you mentioned. Uh, I don't want to forget about this. Um, you mentioned like the whole the way like Bride uh, of Reanimator lands earlier. And I feel like this is very much a reaction to that, where it's like, um, because to your point of like it not ending well for anybody, I mean, it 
does and it doesn't for Kurt and Julie. Like, yes, they die in, uh, I mean, they <laughs> immolate themselves. Um, but they do go out on their own terms and they go out yeah. together. So, I mean, it's a tragic end, but honestly, I would say it's not a happy ending by any stretch of the imagination. But I would say of the various, like, let's say, like, the bottom of the uh, the pile is Night Living Dead uh, in terms of the sadness of the ending. Um, I would say this is, like, a cut above that at the very least because it's, like, they do have that moment where it's, like, they, they go out together and it's beautiful. Like, it's beautifully shot. Right. And, like, they... They, I mean, they they get they go on their own terms. So it's like I do like that kind of also. It, it does work better than Bride, I think, in this respect, where it's like Bride kind of coasted on its existing characters and didn't really like incredibly well establish the new ones. So it doesn't land super well in the end. Whereas I think this lands really well um, because. They like they built it from scratch, and yes, it is odd that old guy from Charles in Charge also makes it out. But like, who wants to see him die? No one wants to see that. That'd be bad for all of us. <laughs> like, yo, like I was like, uh, I I rewatched this and he showed up, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot old guy from Charles in Charge showed up. Um. And, and it's so weird because I, I like I, I remember Charles in Charge vividly, and just seeing this old dude show up, it would just completely take me out of the movie. Because every time he's, I see him, it's like, where's where where's fucking Nicole Eckert? <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? He was like, doing erotic thrillers with Corey Haim. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh uh, yeah, that. I wasn't gonna say. Um, the star of Charles in Charge, because fuck him. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. <laughs> yeah. He gets no mention from us. Absolutely not. <laughs> Fucking scumbag. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, like, I, 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 like, I'm agreeing with you. I think this is a really fucking beautiful movie. Um, you know, uh, I, I like the way, like, Brian Usner perfectly, uh, you know, captured the end of this trilogy because you know there were no movies after no return of the living deads after this one <laughs> to be fair you say that and like i know you're kidding i don't remember them <laughs> but like i remember seeing them i don't remember anything about them <laughs> i i patrick i didn't even bother i, I did i was working a video store when they came out so i remember getting them but i don't remember anything about them I I did not even bother. That's why I'm like, they don't exist. No, no, no. Like, uh, uh, you know, like no disrespect to the filmmakers who made it, because I know like getting any film made is a miracle. Uh, uh, it, but no, this is a trilogy. That's how it exists in my mind. Return of the Living Dead, one, two, three, and that is all. <laughs> this is the perfect capper to yeah. 
the Return of the Living Dead trilogy, and that's how anyone should watch it. And if you see something calling itself Return of the Living Dead, maybe four or five, don't even bother. Don't don't even like just it doesn't exist. Like it doesn't exist like the way Creepshow three. Like doesn't exist. Or, I genuinely forgot that existed until you just said it. <laughs> or, or 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 something called Day of the Dead Two. I like, genuinely forgot that existed until you just said it. Like those don't exist. They might as well all. not. I forgot them. So yeah. Like continue to forget them, Patrick. <laughs> I Cont- probably will. Continue. Just continue. <laughs> like, like oh my god, I remember watching Creep Show Three, and it's like oh. They made a creep show three. Let's see what this is about. Oh my god, why did I do this to myself? I don't think why? I even saw it. I remember seeing the box. I remember actually seeing it. I don't think I if saw I, it. I, mean, I might, I might, if I watch it again, I might be like, oh, it might be familiar, but I don't remember it at all. I I saw creep show three, and Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> like what, like, you know how you say like you watch certain movies and it's like I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> Yeah. That's creep show three for me. I like it. Like if if I I watch it once and it's like I want to die. <laughs> I, 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 I I I I do not want to live anymore <laughs> while watching creep show three. And it's the same motherfuckers who made Dave the Dead two. Oh God, I get. And I don't remember that movie at all. So <laughs> Dave the Dead two Contagium. Yeah, like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try to be fucking like sound like all professional and all shit. Fuck you, okay? Fuck you all, all the way. Like, like that. Uh, Return of the Living Dead four and five. What was that thirtieth anniversary of Night of the Living Dead that John Russo did? I like, had no idea. I don't remember that either. I, I like. I was like, oh my god, like. That's why John Russo is the fucking worst to me. Um, uh, like, there, there's so many fucking, like, somebody trying to do, like, fucking, like, oh, we're going to do a sequel to this, you know, because we got the rights. We got it for real cheap. Yes, I can tell. I can tell <laughs> you got real fucking cheap and shit by watching your putrid fucking excuse for a film. <laughs> you motherfuckers, you. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're right. If you look at this, and also the thing I think is cool. Is if you, I, I honestly, and I don't mean this in a shitty way, because I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember how Return of the Living Dead 2 ends, but um, the first one ends in, spoilers, uh, the town and, I mean, God knows how much, like, the town gets nuked, and then uh, the acid rain probably creates more zombies. Right. And then um, this ends in, we don't know if the zombie outbreak went anywhere far past that, um, but does still end sadly in terms of Kurt and Julie. So it is very on brand for this franchise. No, that is true. Like uh, the first one, yeah. Like you know, like the, the town gets nuke, everybody dies. Um, two ends more happily, which uh, I'm very appreciative because um, that means one of my all-time favorite horror movie characters and Tom Essex survives. Um, Dana Ashbrook. Uh, of course, um, Twin Peaks. Yes. Um, although I I know him more specifically as Tom Essex. Like you know, I, obviously you know you and me are David Lynch fans, and um, you know love Twin Peaks. Uh, and of course he he appears on that. But um, 
I'm more familiar with him as Tom Essex. Um, he has one of my all-time favorite lines in a horror movie where he says, they want brains? We'll give them brains. Um, and, and that, you know, saying so, it's like, God bless him. You know, so, and I'm so glad he survived. Uh, but yeah, like, it's weird too because it's like you know as like funny as the first two are and as serious as this one is Return of the Living Dead 3 is really on brand with the first one yeah which is like how dark it ends you know like I I remember the first time watching because like I said I remember I said I saw Return of the Living Dead 2 before one and I remember the first time I watched one and I watched it on I forgot where. It definitely, it, it wasn't a WBIX, but I, I remember just being disturbed by the ending of the first one. You know, like Tom Matthews, Tina, na na, and then the fucking giant new comes and like, like, wait a minute, did everybody like? I, I, I was young, so I was like, did everybody just die? You know, what I'm saying I found that I was greatly disturbed by that as 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 a, as a young teen preteen just like disturbed by like because you know i just like oh like everybody has to live like somebody has to live you know what I'm saying everybody can't just die in a movie and it's like so i was like blown away by the fact that return of the living dead just killed the fu- fucking everybody off you know um i remember as a matter of fact i think i saw the the night of the living dead remake before i saw the original and, like, you know, the ending to that is, like, you know, not as depressing as the original, <laughs> but, like, it's really fucking depressing. Um, you know, of course, with the character of Ben, what happens to him and there, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so it's like, oh, I see what the thing is. Zombie movies are fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's like, I mean, I'm not going to get fully into Return of the Dead because I want to cover that at some point. And I'm not going to get fully into what I was about to, I was about to say uh, for Dawn of the Dead uh, 2004. I want to cover that at some point, too. But um, to your point, um, that's the thing I still think is awesome about the end of Dawn of the Dead 2004, the Zack Snyder one, is it takes it to its logical conclusion. Any zombie movie, I don't care which, like, I even mentioned the Day of the Dead thing. Like, yes, they're on Little Island. But the world is still fucked. And like that's my whole thing with um Slater's Dawn too, is it's like it just takes shit to its logical conclusion. Like, yes, you accomplished your goal and you got away, but it's this fucking zombie outbreak. There's no this is the apocalypse. Like there's no like there's no place you can go. There's no there's no escape. There's no like the world is over. You're just delaying the inevitable. And like that's the thing is like this, that's what I say. That's why I do think it's kind of it is tragic and it's dark and it's sad, but I do think there is something beautiful to the idea that they go out on their own terms, Kurt and Julie, because oh, like, yeah. that's the other zombie movies don't really get that. It's just kind of like, oh, everything is fucked. Whereas this is, oh, everything is fucked, but at the very least, these two people, they got to leave the world in a way they wanted to. Like in the in the the, the only way that like wasn't them completely abandoning who they were. They still get to go out more or less completely themselves. So it's like, it's almost kind of, it's again, not a happy ending, but it, to me, it's it's kind of, it's poetic. 
No, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Um, because we see that a lot in um, zombie movies. Like like I said, the first Return of the Living Dead, original Night of the Living Dead. Um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, um, Julie has been turned into a zombie um, and he, uh, Kurt has been infected and it's just like, oh, you know, that sucks. But like, you know, like, hey, you know, we're, we're dead, you know, we're going to die, whatever, but, you know, we're, we're going to go out together. And like, yeah, like you said, that's incredibly poetic and romantic, you know, and it's like, you don't see that, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's why I, I appreciate Yuzna for, for going this route, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, because I know he had no, he got notes from the studio was like, you know, you have to include trioxin um and you know the eating brains but other than that do whatever the hell you want buddy and he sure the fuck as well did <laughs> you know and it's like i i thoroughly respect him for that i i thoroughly respect him for just like all right i got it okay uh, uh and i know he said that he has stated since that he wished he called it something else because yeah. he felt Return of the Living Dead 3 was too long a title. And it's like, it's fine. It's fine, bro. It's fine. Don't, don't worry about it because the film stands out on its own. Exactly. And you don't have to worry about like what the title is. You did a perfectly fine job you know, telling this story. And, you know, yeah, Return of the Living Dead 3, it, it is pretty fucking long. Um, I mean, like it's it's shorter than the title, like Return of the Part Two. Two, yeah. <laughs> like yes, like you know. I mean, but that's fine because it's said by the late great uh, Percy Rodriguez, Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Which you know, if you had that man uh, narrating your trailer, you know, you were gonna get a banger. Um. I was saying that too because I was uh, I rewatched the trailer for uh, People Under the Stairs, um, Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. I love that band's voice, um, but like, don't even worry about it, Brian Yusna. You did a perfectly fine job with this one. D- don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything. You're fine, bro. You're fine. You're absolutely fine. This is great. I love. I love this. I I love this all. Don't even worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, don't feel bad. It's perfectly fine. I don't care if it's Return of the Living Dead 3. It's fine. It's fine. I love it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, anything else uh, you want to say before uh, we leave here? No. I mean, like, just, yeah, no. I, I, I mean, I'm not even, like, the biggest zombie guy. Um, but like I've always had a lot of affection for this. Like, so it's like I feel like but I feel like it's like I'm not gonna say necessarily underrated, but I mean like I feel like it's underseen. So I do feel like if there are people who haven't seen it, um, they definitely should seek it out. I mean it's somewhat easier than the, they did the Vester on Blu-ray. Um Is that still yeah. in print? I I would assume so. It's not that old. I mean it's only like a few years old, so I would assume, I would right. hope it's still in print. Right. Um but um but yeah i would definitely like say like it's one of the best zombie movies as far as i'm concerned ever made like so it's like i definitely would recommend it to anybody who just wants 
I mean, a cool horror movie, sure, but even like just if you like zombies, like this is pretty goddamn close to fucking peak zombie movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I agree. This is peak zombie movie shit. Like you know, I mean, if you if you you're looking for all out zombie. You know, like I mean, I I I would see probably like people like come in from The Walking Dead, maybe like disappointed. I mean, but it's like I'm kind of disappointed in The Walking Dead after they fucking uh, got rid of uh, Frank Darabont. Had a oh that's the, oh yeah yeah the, the first season was the only one I cared about, and like the rest after that I'm like it's fine. <laughs> yeah, same 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 same. Like my father w- was into like the whole series, and then he gave up at one point. But it's like. I, I was in it for the first season, and once they got rid of Darabont, I, I, I could not care less. Yeah. Um, how yeah. the fuck you get rid of Frank Darabont? Um, that's the that's the man you want, you know, sh- show running this, and you got rid of him, and then that show became like to the point where it's like people's like, oh, Walking Dead. It's like that fucking show is still on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, oh, we're gonna, they're gonna do spinoffs, and like, really? Does anybody really give a fuck about Walking Dead enough to do, like, to, to watch spinoffs? Like, whatever. Whatever. I don't care. Do you? Uh, God bless. Um, but if you want peak zombie movie shit, like, just zombie horror shit, uh, Return of the Living Dead 3 is the one for you. Like, if, if like, zombies are, are, are your thing, you know, you want to see some real, like, you know, something with real dignity and pathos. And Return of Li- yeah, wait, yeah. Return of Living Dead 3 is the one for you. You know what I'm saying? If you want some real emotional shit, you, you can't do any better than Return of Living Dead 3, in my opinion. That, that That's far. So that will do it for this episode of Chainsaws and Claws. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion on these two wonderful films. Um, of course, you can find us at Chainsaws Claws on Twitter, and um, we are on, of course, Anchor and Spotify and Stitcher. And um, I'm working on getting us an, an Apple Podcast. I'm not yes. entirely sure if I've done it properly. We'll see. Yes, uh, Patrick is working on it because I don't know what the fuck how, how to get. I have on. no idea what I'm doing. I really, I'm scared. I want my mom. <laughs> but like yeah uh, uh i think radio public and so some of the like we're 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 on uh we out uh, here if you will <laughs> yeah yeah we out here but like we'll, we'll get more thoroughly out there eventually but um yeah uh we're out there on um most uh quite a few uh podcast outlets and uh check us out um like i said we're on twitter at chainsaws claws and check us out there for any updates on the show and we hope you enjoyed and we will catch you next time